Hello, everyone. My name is Mark. Oh, my name is... Shit, I did... Saw Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... Lena Thoreau's Saw Guerrero. Wake up in the morning. Check the news feed. On my Facebook. All I see are lies. Deception. I'm Alex. <laughs> and this is... The, the Shot Pod. Poor Gullet. And what that means, by the way, I've, I've, I've been listening to some of our shows in context. Context is a big thing for me because without context, any, literally anything you can, you can, you could take somebody saying, I like beans, pull it out of context. You can make them look like a Nazi. I swear to God, give, <laughs> give me like, like Batman, give me some preparing time. And I could take any statement out of context and make you look like anything else. Just kind of like, remember the, the South Park episode where they, they choose, you know, family guy. How they how they choose Family Guy fucking uh, stories where they would just be like, oh, these whales just grab balloons. Yeah. Like I could do, I feel like you could do that with context. But yeah, so on our on our podcast, when you say with the zero, the 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 context of that is is that Shot Pod is has a zero in it. Like you, you it would be S H zero T P O D, right? Yeah. So the shot has the zero. www.theshotpod.com with the zero in it. You can go to Spotify. Uh, you uh, sorry, spot. You you, do, you can go to Spotify. You go to Amazon Music. You can go to iHeartRadio, and you can go to Google Podcasts. Those are the four big ones, and Twitcher or whatever the fuck. Stitcher, that? Stitcher. Sorry, <laughs> you can go on all Since those things. Since the beginning of this podcast, she's been like Twitcher. It's been Twitcher. a year now, yeah, over Twitcher. a year. <laughs> and uh, so so you go there and you search Shot Pod with that zero in the word Shot, one word, and it'll come up. Uh, or you go to YouTube once again, and I, this is the big one we like love to push. Make sure you put the zero in Shot Pod and go to YouTube. YouTube. Now, I have learned something from Tom McDonald and from Star Wars Theory, some people that I follow on YouTube, about how if you leave a comment, even if you just leave like the letter K or something, it just gets the algorithms going. So yeah. I'm going to start fucking like making accounts and leaving comments on our videos. <laughs> but if you would like to help out there, we would love that. But yeah, go on theshotpod.com or and there's links to the YouTube there, but or go just go to YouTube and search for us on the shot pod. Yeah. There's also shot reacts, that's also us. That's reaction videos to things. And um, it's, all, it's all connected and it's all up there. But go in, uh, like and subscribe obviously. That would be cool if you do that. But I know it can get annoying Liking and subscribing thousands, you know, everybody says like and subscribe, you know, I, I, as a dude myself on YouTube, I got to pick my 24 or 25 things that I will like and subscribe and everything else they ask me, even Terry Berry, I haven't liked and subscribed yet. Chris <laughs> Turner just got me yeah. because I was at a friend's place and I went, you know what? What's this fucking guy's name again? Ah, fucking, I'm not, and I like and subscribed. It took me, what, a year of you fucking playing <laughs> yeah. him in the car every day? Yep. You know, and it's so next will probably be, who we were just talking about? Steve Terry uh, Steve Terryberry, who's, uh, who's uh, we really like, he's just a, a funny Canadian, which is another reason I love him. Yeah. Um, YouTuber that just makes funny videos and he's a very very talented and he just analyzes you know bands like Coldplay and Slipknot and all these things I love to see him do a oh, I'm gonna make a dream theater like he's clearly a dream theater fan he has <laughs> yeah. several JP guitars he's a pro guy he likes to sweep clearly JP's his god I'd like to see him do what a no dream theater fan can do and step outside of the comfort zone and destroy them and go look at me I'm making a dream theater song <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Anyways, I'm Steve, and here's a cutscene. Don't skip it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I would love that. So, and it's also, by the way, promo for Steve. If you listen to Shotpot, definitely check him out on YouTube yeah. and like and subscribe to him. Fucking too. He's a local Canadian guy. He lives on my St. Catharines. So yeah, um, lots to talk about today. You have a giant, giant list, and I, I, I am uh, mostly here for commentary on today. <laughs> I would, like I said, though, we we had a couple conversations earlier. About some shit that's been going down. So before we get to the world stuff, do you want to talk a little personal stuff? Uh, well, I want to. I want to get through this. First. Get through the blurbs, I, I, and then well, we'll rock it. Well, just this half of the blurbs first. Okay, so, let's hit uh, it. So Alex, I'm going to drink this bush beer, and uh, Alex, throughout many things. episodes, has mentioned the show Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's Tale, and uh, when Tamara and I had no shows, it backfired. To watch, we were like, how about? We check out the Handmaid's Tale. It's she, on she, Amazon. She was like, she was like I, I don't know. I don't it's know. got rape in it. I'm not she, sure. No, she was just like, well, I heard it was shit from some friends. I'm like, well, I've heard it was great from friends, not just Alex. Yeah, so, and, and but let's be real. My opinion must be valued higher than most. <laughs> just because you'll be like, well, why? And I've spent three, four, maybe five episodes going, this is why it's great. You yeah. know, so. Yeah. <laughs> So, for those that haven't watched Handmaid's Tale, uh, let us fill you in on what you've been missing in Margaret At Atwood's book adapted a into Canadian a Canadian author. Fuck, I love how most of the most talented people in the world are Canadian anyways. Side note. Uh, that's so, okay. Let's just let yeah. them all out. <laughs> so, I can't speak for the book, uh, but I'm caught up in the show completely. I can speak for the book. I've okay. read it in high school and read it uh, read it a little bit since. So in the show, the birthing rate of mankind has fallen incredibly low and climate change has wreaked havoc on the world. So an extremist group of people <gasps> came up with solutions and they wrote a new way of life to live. Rules were created. These rules were twisted in a way to line up with their own version of religion. This extremist group slowly built a following and infiltrated the and White the, House. the key word about this is slowly. So over the yeah. course of, uh, because we're so focused on this fertility shit and all these other issues that are going on, they it's very easy kind of like Hitler taking power in Germany yeah. because they were so distracted by the remnants of the first world war similar yes. idea that's why I love it too because it is very similar yes. and, and, and I could see it weird <laughs> weirdly happening these days yeah. very cool very cool aspect keep going yeah so uh, th this extremist group eventually infiltrated the White House and then they started a war bah, 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 bah. And then they started a war with America, the dying. and they built their own country within the U.S. This country was called Gilead. Where's the? When did the nukes happen? The nukes happened as soon as they took over. Uh, yeah, I think as soon as the White House fell. Then they they sent a few nukes off to blow up the Midwest so yeah. that they can make it like a no man's land, and yeah. that's when the states really split because California was coming. They're like, no, you're not. Yeah. So there were still cars, but each house uh, uses very little lighting. A lot of. Uh, Candles, lanterns, yep. and stuff. You go back to a very almost Amish. Yeah. Weird. It's uh, This is part of the cool aesthetic of Handmaid's Tale, too, is because it's weirdly Amish uh, style. The aesthetic of the show, as far as visually, is reminds me a lot of that. Uh, was it Tim Burton that did the fucking Johnny Depp Headless Horseman? Yeah. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy that, Hollow. that aesthetic of smoke and color, it's a similar aesthetic. Take that out of the woods and put it into a city. And then there's... So you see this very Amish style blues and cyans and cold colors you know what i mean yeah. and then pff, a fucking tank a very modern tank or um a b not a bmw like an su a, a cop suv but yeah. um, but they make it look modern they do make it look like it's from 10 years in the future it's like a 2035 model of the new chevy blazer yeah. it, they look like badass tanks amongst this amish community yeah. it's such a cool aesthetic and it really I love that about it. So they don't really, you won't get that from reading the book or from reading yeah. a description, but that's for people that are 
visual and people that like to, you know, like you that make film and write their own stories, yep. there's a lot to take in on the uh, cinematic side of it with it. Yeah. So the men of the houses would be made commanders. They would have a wife, and most wives were incapable of having babies because there's a low birthing rate. Uh, so upon And by low birthing rate, they mean it's been like six years since a kid made it past like six days, yeah. seven days. It's been like they get one or two births every six years that make it, and those kids, they, they're plucking them of, of every gene they can. They go, what's, what's special about you? Yeah. So upon invading America, they went after the, uh, and kidnapped women who were already mothers. These women would become handmade servants in the household, and other women who weren't uh, murdered but didn't resist Gilead's takeover became servants within the household called Martha's. The handmaids had trainers and caretakers who were responsible for keeping them in line. Each commander was assigned a driver, and the soldiers walk among the streets keeping order were called guardians. And the guardians walk the streets like strapped with AKs, just like <laughs> yeah. ready to fucking go. One of the girls is like, ah, I'm going to go to the tuna aisle. No, you're fucking not. <laughs> yeah. All right, Alfred, get, uh, get the fucking line. No tuna for you. Don't make me do it. They'll cap you for going to the tuna aisle. Yeah. It's fucking insane. Like, that's so, the level of well, shit. That's another thing, too. The handmaids, uh, their names were dropped. They were given new names. One of the it, coolest aspects it was, of it. And it became of and then the, the commander's name. And the first name of the commander. Yeah. Not the last name, which is why it's funny. It's not a heritage thing. It's an ownership thing. It's yeah. very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. So now uh, the children who were taken from their mothers were trained and taught to leave the old life behind, move on, and love their new families. Other commanders and wives looking for children. Most men that resisted Gilead were killed and a few got away. Once girls reached the age of 13 and up, they would be married off to new commanders where they would live a life of servitude while trying to have babies. The show is really good because it's all about a resistance building and escaping Gilead, even though something keeps the main character tied to it. There are a few problems with the show that I have, and that's uh, we were discussing in the car on the way over here, the representation of Canada, because we're so open to, uh, to refugees and immigrants and people seeking asylum here. Um, but uh, Gilead is a closed-off nation, and their representatives on the world stage will broadcast that those people who escaped are spreading fear and misinformation. So they're lying to the world, trying to paint a picture to them that they're saving the world. One of the best parts about this show is to kind of watch the flow of information go from, like, you get to see the meetings that we all kind of talk about and the meetings that me and Mark like to kind of visualize on the show about, like, what happens when the, the people that are in charge are behind closed doors going, how are we going to scare them with COVID? How are we going to make the numbers? Yes. How are we going to make this so the vaccine looks like it's helping people? Yeah. You know, like, and, and, and you actually get to see the, how are we going to make it look like uh, we're not pulling eyeballs out of women who aren't letting us rape them? How are we going to cover that? Well, what we could do is we could say that we've brought justice and peace to our new empire. I mean, a Gilead. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. We can, we can, yeah. And it's very, very cool the way the, that they'll start it with that meeting. Then you'll see that commander leave and go, I'm not fucking doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I'm smarter than those other commanders. And then he convolutes it with other people. And then by the time it actually gets to Canada, you know what I mean? And these guys are coming. They think they're heroes. So they're playing that half the population believes that they're, they're heroes and they're saving people. And the other half of them is like, uh, the only, actually the only people who truly know what's going on are the ones who escaped themselves or know, or personally know somebody yeah. because they've done such a good job at covering their ass in Gilead. Well, raping and killing people like flat out, like just like, 
oh, I don't like the way you walked down the stairs. Get over here, bitch. Like, it's insane. You know what I mean? Some of them could be like that. Yeah. Well, luckily, the story of June or Alfred, it, it, it follows her to commanders who are a little more forgiving. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, she could have had a shitty run of luck and just ended up at some guy's house. It's like, so, come here! Oh, you end up at... That'd be so cool if Scorpion became a commander <laughs> in the Handmaid's Tale. I'm sorry, I'm just... Merger! Yeah. <laughs> Can we get that going? <laughs> Next, season seven of the Handmaid's Tale, Scorpion shows Get up. over here! <laughs> yeah. Uh, my fav- my favorite character in the show right now is probably Bradley Whitford. Uh, he's, he was known as uh, Jake Peralta's dad on Brooklyn 911. And he was also in Billy Madison as uh, the antagonist, the guy who had that like weasel laugh who was all... <laughs> that guy in the show, he's the comic relief. So uh, when the main character uh, makes it to Toronto... Or no, no, not even the main character. Uh, Miss Waterford, uh, when she ends up in Toronto... Uh, she ends up calling this guy who's known as Mr. Lawrence, Joseph Lawrence, and he makes this leaf joke, and he's like, oh, how are the leafs doing? I hear it's finally going to be their year, and then he kind of chuckles. I'm like, oh, that is that so is brilliant. fucking well done. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a reason I'm bringing this entire thing up, is it's not just that I'm caught up on the show, and Tamara uh, and I, we've been binging it, but check it. Uh, climate change is a globalist agenda currently. And while the elites claim we need to depopulate the world, which isn't true, there is an agenda from the WEF. Apparently Klaus Schwab himself has said pedophilia will save the world claiming they're being created by nature for a reason. So newspunch.com claims uh, a research paper presented at the WEF conference in uh, Davos states that minor attracted people, in other words, pedophiles, are far less likely to produce large numbers of offspring uh, from academic data where... I want to know where this data came from. This is fucking insane. You know who's not embracing pedophilia and this kind of bullshit? Chinese people and Indians. And that's why we're not going to make it, bro. Good job. If you are of any Chinese or Indian descent and you're listening to this, like props, you win. We are so fucking doomed because of stupid bullshit like this. You would never see a brown guy or a Chinese guy. <laughs> it's okay. Touch my kids. We don't want more of us. Like, can you fucking imagine? Yeah. That's why they're going to win, dude. This is insane. Not that it's so much wanted, of a race. Like, where, where this academic data came, I would love yeah. to know. Where are these people who, that are so smart that tested this? You know what? I did some research and we should all die. Yeah. What? Regardless. <laughs> this mainstream news sources still have articles up to this day on their websites from when they were released new york times has an op-ed titled pedophilia a disorder not a crime still on their site the the times bro yep new york times cnn has an op-ed titled the myth of the quote monster pedophile uh salon.com has an article titled meet pedophiles who mean well can i can i can i just quickly interrupt I see similarities to this Jeffrey Dahmer bullshit. I'm sorry. This is part of why I don't like that that show was the number one Netflix show and that they made it and that that guy's winning all these awards for being a genius because he portrayed... uh, Because that is another way of numbing people down to crazy shit being okay. And it starts with Dahmer and it ends with your kids. I'm telling you. Just like when all the girls were like, get your vaccine! And then they're like, you're not allowed to control your fucking womb. Oopsie daisy! It starts with you saying that and it ends there. That's why I don't like that shit. Also, the BBC has a 2017... Sick shit, bro. The BBC has a 2017 article titled Young Pedophiles Who Say They Don't Abuse Children. It's 
pretty fucking disgusting. So as I said, Handmaid's, Handmaid's Tale. See, and this is why genocide was invented. Like, you know, to be 100%, this is, this is why humans are so evil to each other. Yeah. Because when you're not, look what happens. Yeah. Like, so fuck, hand- we were nice for like, what, 30 years and pff, the pedophiles are rising up out of the earth. Like the dead. Yeah. So as I said, Handmaid's Tale, you have an organization fighting climate change, promoting pedophilia to save the earth by claiming young children won't give birth to many children. Think of that goddamn sentence. Yeah. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, you can't get an eight-year-old pregnant, so just pass them around. You guys are fucked up, man. Like, this is insanity. So Handmaid's Tale is a piece of fiction, not a how-to guide for extreme pieces of garbage. Remember, in California, uh, they passed a bill, I think it was in 2020, a bill called SB 145, sorry, 145. It takes away the statutory rape laws from from an age range within 10 years. So if you're 20 years old and you do something outrageous to a 10-year-old, if they claim, it's a disability, I'm not a monster, then it's up to the judge to determine whether you are. Right? This is the, the seeds of corruption have been planted. Yeah. So the disguise that this was passed. That song from like 15 years ago, the hide your kids, hide your wife. Like it's got new fucking meaning now to me. Like do it. Yeah. Hide them. Get a bunker. So so the disguise that this was passed under was supposed to support the LGBTQ people. The claim was that if a 19-year-old See, boy. See, that's just leading straight white guys like me to want to hate that community because yeah. of this shit. And that's yeah. fucked up because that community, that the real core of that community does not embrace that shit. Yeah. So the claim was if a 19-year-old boy had sex, including oral, to their 17-year-old boyfriend, the 19-year-old could get charged with statutory rape. But if it was a straight couple, the 19-year-old boy had sex with a 17-year-old girl, including oral, there wouldn't be a statutory rape charge. So that's where they're comparing apples to oranges here. Peaches to plums? Yeah. So (laughs) peaches to plums, yeah. On banana pussy, cut out the grapes and grow a pear. So, you try to diss me and I'll slaughter you. <laughs> I put that shit on everything like that fuck I did with auto-tune. Sorry. Okay, we're done there. So I, I, I want to bring up, remember that guy, he served six months in jail. The prosecutors wanted six years and his dad crying to the judge, not wanting his son's perfect record tarnished. Do you know who I'm talking about here? The guy who, who raped somebody and got away? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You can't forget his name because it was in the papers all over the place. It was Brock Turner. Yes. Yeah. I forgot his name, but I definitely remember. I can pick, I'm can i picturing the face. I remember the face right yeah. now. Yeah. That so, fucker got hot, hung out to dry, bro. Yeah. Like, so I, as you should. Like, well, I'm not, well, as I mean, you should. No. So, I mean, six months in jail. That was it. Prosecution no, but I mean, was but going I'm, for six I'm, years. I'm talking about they used him as an example to say, that, like, this is not enough is being done. Yeah. Like, imagine spending the six months in jail and being like, I got away with it. You know what I mean? And yeah. then, boom, you, are a fu- you become a fucking meme, a national meme, because you're just such a piece of shit. Like, yeah. that's justice served, in my, in my opinion. And the court, the, the what, what, what's it, the social court social court took that motherfucker to town harder than actual court (laughs) ever than civil court ever could so fuck yeah yep taking the law into our own hands so his dad was crying we bullied the sonic franchise into being a (laughs) multi-billion dollar franchise we can bully pedophiles into being regular people i know we can do it i have faith in us so uh so his father was uh pleading with the judge to not get his uh record tarnished and and so I guess the original judge thought that well he was wearing he was wearing like a shirt and pants so he can't rape somebody if he's wearing full clothes which I mean that's not how rape works so the judge was was scrutinized for that afterwards however uh, I read on an article recently I don't know I've have you ever pulled it uh, this is this is a weird question 
<laughs> but well, considering the relevance. But I am curious. Have you ever done this thing where you just unzip and pull it out and like throw it at them in the woods real quick? But you don't like it's cold, so you're like, I'm not taking my pants off. Yeah, I'm doing a pure. <laughs> exactly. That, that's why. That's it's why horrible. Say, that's not how rape works. That's not cool. So, it is easy to squeeze your testicle between your jeans, like zipper. And whatever part of them you're up against. It's a very dangerous game, kids. Be careful out there. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. My dinner's <laughs> You're the best. <laughs> I'm going to eat spaghetti on air now. So I just read an article asking, where is he? Where is he now? He lives in Ohio and women around the neighborhood watch him. So, like, if he goes into a bar and there is a small bar that he frequents, if he goes into a bar, there's a small network of women who will tell other women in that bar, do not go, do not go home with him. Well, back in the day, wouldn't there be, like, four dudes in the town that just waited for him one night and he didn't go home? <laughs> uh, I mean, back in the day, that, that was... I'm that sorry, happen. man, yeah. but, like, I'm not... I hate talking like this because there were so many things about back in the day... That I that are that are not cool, right? Like we shouldn't be going back to, you know, beating black people in the street because yeah. they ate at the wrong restaurant. But this, it's so. Isn't it crazy how we've gone? That's that's how fucked we are as a race. In the sixties, I guess late fifties, you could be black and we could be horrible to you just because you walked into a restaurant or 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 went to the wrong place or talked to the wrong person yeah. or got on the wrong bus. We were allowed to just fucking physically hammer you or whatever the fuck we really wanted. We went from that to it's okay to rape your kids. Like, and what? how, in how many years the tolerance went from what? We can't just beat them because of the color of their skin to yeah, just let them touch the kids. Like, they're, fuck, man. But, what? But it's a, Where did we go wrong? But it's a gradual, as we said at the beginning, when it comes to the handmade sale, it's a gradual it social is. conditioning. It's, like, it's it's like, hey, maybe Aren't we, we fucking smart in this? I feel like we're, you know, that, episode, that part of Revenge of the Sith when they're running down the hall and they get caught in the ratio, and he's like, what happened? We're smarter than this. It's like, I feel like that's <laughs> humanity's caught in the ratio of retardation right now. They're fucking <laughs> retarded and we can't stop. So anyways, uh, SB-145 was restructured so statutory rape meant penetrating intercourse and with a 10-year age gap maximum. That's not saying a judge would clear a 20-year-old perving on a 10-year-old, but depending on how corrupt he is, it could happen. And there are corrupt judges out there. And in California, many of them, many of them, going by the the Democrat uh, ways of life, especially like... If you just think of how Did you just say all Democrats are pedophiles? Is that no, what I heard? No. Oh, no, no I no, said no. that. I said that. My bad. My, I apologize. <laughs> I have to be the Rick of the show yeah. sometimes. <laughs> so, I mean, that's... Buckle up, Morty. We're getting rickety-rickety-wrecked. <laughs> so, something else happened in regards... The spaghetti is delicious, Tamara. I love you. Thank you. So, did you see what uh, was going on with the U.S. Speaker of the House? This I, no, I actually don't like, have. I've been. Are you talking about U.S. Speaker? Because I've been following yes, the, U, the, the Canadian US, shit quite the closely. US the U.S. Speaker of the House and something historical. Isn't it crazy that back in the day it was like, oh, I can't wait to see the American politics because they're so interesting. And our Canadian politics were boring. It is more interesting to watch Pierre and Trudeau basically take like act like two thirteen years. Three, well, three o'clock at the flagpole in, in, in the House is, of Commons than it is to watch Congress because Congress has been falling apart since 2001. It's not it, new. It is, but it isn't. And it's because it's no longer a debate anymore. Like on the last episode that I'm going to post tonight, uh, it, we, we discussed how it's... it's Previously on it, The it's, Shot Paul. It's more just people bitching and then you change the subject completely. 
Right. Like, you're not debating. The House of Commons is meant for debating, but nobody's debating. It's just like, oh, yeah, well, why they're is the housing ma- costs going they're up? They're verbally masturbating yeah. is what they're doing. Why, why is the housing costs going up? Well, because we helped The Bank of Canada. Because we bank helped of everybody get back the on their feet during soap. The Sir, Bank of Canada. That has COVID. nothing to do COVID. Bank of Canada. with what I asked. <laughs> COVID, Bank of Canada, Bank of Canada, COVID, 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 Bank of Canada. Next question. Yeah. You know, it's fucking sad. Yeah. It's like so, when Trump, <laughs> sounds like Trump, we have a Trump. That sounds like Trump would be like, Bank of Canada, Bank of Canada, Bank of Canada, COVID, COVID, Bank of Canada. <laughs> Next question. That literally said, oh my fucking God. Is there, has, is Trump an AI that's worked his way into people and we just didn't notice? Trump, it's like a Trump virus. Everybody's going to start talking like this and thinking so huge. <laughs> so... So in a historical <laughs> turn of events, the U.S. House of Speaker vote went eight rounds that they couldn't settle on who would lead. Eight? Eight rounds. What's the record before? I need to know, need context. I, 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 don't, I don't know if there Let's was. Let's just make it up. Let's say it was never more than five before. We went three past the record. What the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah I just made it up, but, you know, yeah, probably but, accurate. But, I mean, regardless, like, they, they couldn't settle on a republic speaker for the House. Repu- Dem- Democrat or republic? Republican. Fuck, man. Republicans so, are very decisive. That's very strange. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, there, there's plenty. That says to me that the party has been infiltrated by Democrats and corrupt. But that's a really, well, really paranoid see, way of thinking, isn't it? No. No. Well, okay. Yes. To that extent, I will say yes. Because uh, Adam Schiff, I believe, gets to keep his fucking thing on the, the House Intelligence Committee now since, since McCarthy was voted in. So McCarthy... Uh, a I like to of, give props to myself. How oh, nobody has noticed how I'm destroying this past while yeah. continuing the show perfectly. Yeah. So, so McCarthy got in, and there were certain Republicans saying that you're a terrorist if you don't vote for McCarthy. I, like, yes, you, we talked about this, and it's like, well, that that's. Fucking but you're ridiculous. seeing this more, kind of like if you're not vaccinated, I hope you die. Yeah, you know what I mean, like that kind of like, whoa, bro. I thought we were humans. Like, jeez, yeah. I don't like you either, but I don't want you to die. Like, yeah. same kind of idea of like just because you're 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 not. Of my party. But, and this is where it's getting kind of scary though, Mark. When the Democrats are starting to, I'm not saying every, and I'm I, I'm not saying every Democrat's a, a pedophile. I'm, what I'm saying is, is that when their party and their top political leaders are starting to align with that, that's how they get us into that. If you're a Democrat, you can die. Because in your head, you're like, that Democrat's going to rape my kid. That's what they want. That yeah. is literally divide and conquer. Out of war, page 113. Motherfucker, read it. I'm telling you, this shit. They've been doing this for 70 years. They're just just—they're not even trying to hide it now. They just know that none of us go to the library and fucking read anymore. Yeah. They know that. I, oh, speaking of, in Handmaid's Tale, reading was made illegal. Oh, so yes. You Boom. But, like, that's, <laughs> like, uh, do you see why I love the show? Like, when yeah. I was, when I was, come here and rant for those weeks you're seeing why the subtleties blow remember the stoning when the girls wouldn't do it they wouldn't stone her they wouldn't fucking do it so they all paid the price like that that was beautiful to me i cried like a bitch in that fucking scene and what's the martha's name um the martha that's yelling at them there the uh 
you know, the, the, the main, the main Martha. You're talking Aunt Lydia? Aunt Lydia. Lydia's like, even you could see, that was the first time you had empathy for Aunt Lydia. Aunt Lydia's a fucking demon bitch. But in that scene, it killed her that she was going to, she was so proud of the girls wouldn't, wouldn't do that to their own. She was like, fuck, man, I love these girls. Like, it really, it was such a scene for me, man. I love that show. That, you, those types got, of scenes give me. you some tears coming up, let me tell you. Like. Oh, buddy, I've heard. <laughs> my mom, my mom and, and, and my girlfriend, whatever the fuck's going on with that, uh, the people that are talking to me a lot about handmaids are are very yeah. they're like buddy you don't even know that's so yeah I'm pre- trying to prepare emotionally yeah. but that's why I only do two or three episodes every now and then because yeah. all I can handle after each episode I'm like what the fuck <laughs> I need a week I need a, I have to watch The Office front to back to feel better about the world so I can watch the next episode <laughs> it's really hard okay so uh, the scarier thing that I had recently seen all we won't spend the whole episode talking about handmaids but the first no. half hour fucking <laughs> dedicated <laughs> so uh when i was like okay well why are people objecting to mccarthy getting in i thought like a republican speaker of the house is what we wanted and then uh, and then somebody posted a picture on twitter that uh or not just a picture they posted a link to the the wef forum site and it's like oh there's mccarthy right there he's a member of the wef all right Shit. Yeah, they're so not even the, trying to cover up the corruption anymore. So, so the WEF is now the Speaker of the House for the U.S. That's, That's not a conflict of interest. Kind of like how when yes. Doug Ford owned the plastics company that made all those circles that go on the fucking Canadian tire and the, the arrows that go in the aisles. He owned the company that made all that and had the contract to distribute that all over Canada and other parts of Canada. Sorry, not Canada, Ontario and other parts of Canada. Yeah. But yet he was the one making the decision on when we should go into lockdown. Huh? There's no conflict of interest. He didn't like make a billion dollars every time we had a lockdown because of these fucking stickers getting sent out to every business in the world. No, that didn't happen. Yeah. So yeah, it, it, they're not even trying. People are like, hey, you, you shouldn't be making that decision. He's like, well, who else is going to do it? It's a pandemic. There's no time to make a decision, right? Yeah. And now the pandemic's over and they're like, yeah, we're just going to stick with this conflict of interest shit because you guys didn't do anything before so what are you going to do now that's what i'm this is the fucking point when we're when we're, we're distracted and we're sick and we're tired and there's and, and we're not allowed to leave the house and we're scared and we say yeah just poke me with that yeah just just fucking just just do the thing it's a year later and it's like yeah now now you don't like you know with the women when i was said now you don't have control you know, the, the Roe versus Wade thing, you know, now you don't have control over it. It started with this and it ended with that. It started with the Democrats saying, oh, you know, it's, it, it, and it ends with them going, ah, your kids are allowed to be molested. Get over it. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like, oh man, like that's why people look at me. I, I, I want to say us, but I wouldn't even group you in with it because like I, I, I'm this, this part of me is a little crazier than you because I'll, I, I, I almost don't, I'll go off so that someone will look at me like I'm insane because I know five years later, they're going to go, do you remember that? Night that New Year's Eve at the bar when that guy was going off, everything he said happened and he was so drunk. <laughs> you know, well, I'm that guy. I mean, I'll I, take it to to that account of of you saying that when you were like, oh, I yeah, also said they, Sonic the Hedgehog will be one of the biggest franchises in the world. Whenever, and that happened. It whenever just took 30 you years. say something involving the automobile industry happens in California, then it comes here. And then you're like, oh, well, that's going to happen, and that's going to come here soon. And it's like, You've been pretty oh. good with that stuff so far. Yep, yep, so far. And so now there was uh, something else that was just passed in California, and that was um, effective January 1st of this year. Oh, fuck. Uh, big trucks, diesel operating vehicles are no longer allowed to have engines uh, older than, two, than 10 years old. Okay, <laughs> sorry. 
That's a Japanese thing. Japanese have been doing that for a long time. Yeah. So, uh, do you remember when we were kids and we were getting your first car and stuff yeah. and all the civics kids would be buying mode? You know, there was a, I don't, I don't, you probably weren't one of them. But as a musician, we usually had friends in these clubs. These friends, <laughs> yeah, right? As yeah. A, our music, our, our car buddies loved us. They'd be like, yo, me and the boys are getting our Hondas together to hang out at Tim Hortons and Walmart and Scarborough on the weekend, bro. You <laughs> should fucking get your band, get your guitar, get your drums, get some fucking speakers, bring them down. We'll play some music. We'll bring the cars. We'll fuck the bitches. We'll do some ecstasy. <laughs> and it was the best because the 90s rule. Anyways, outside of that, um, I don't remember what the point was. I'm just living in the ex. Anyways, so we were we were friends with these car guys, right? Yeah. Right? And these 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 car guys would most of them were Honda guys yeah. or what else? Mitsubishi, um, Nissan. You got the guys that had the 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 Skylines or the fucking the old Datsuns. You know, they're like, yeah. you took them with Datsun, bro. Be like, yeah, you know, no, that's not a company. The company's not real anymore. Yeah, that's why it's cool. That's why it's not cool, asshole. <laughs> like the, the the community of car people is just like the guys who are just like so. uh... Jason Newstead and Metallica are fucking sellouts. Cliff Burton for life. Yeah, fuck you. You don't know nothing about Metallica. Newstead's a genius. He uses a pick like a fag. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> musicians are the same way. Like, we're the same. Jetta versus VR6. Yo, my VR6 will lap you. Buddy, I put so much fucking boost on my GTI. I swear to God, get in your VR6 right now. Get in your GTI right now, you fucking German slut. You are also German. Fucking, that's it. You're. It's so funny. It's easy. These communities are very passionate and we love but at the end of the day it's all about you know what bro your vr6 wasted me i learned something today i need better conrods in my fucking gti because you're a slut you know what i mean yeah. that's it's and it goes with the musician kind of thing as well so but you said the japanese the reason the reason that, that, that those kids could do that is because when you hit a hundred thousand kilometers in japan they pull the motor out of the, the car's illegal yeah. So they have all these they sit in a fucking landfill you can look this shit up this is all real stuff it started in I believe the mid-90s. It might have been 94, 95. They basically just had too many people in Japan. They don't have a lot of space. So what they did was they started... Uh, when the cars hit 100,000, they would um, uh, the car was scrap. So they pulled the motor out. You get a car, uh, a motor with 100,000 kilometers. Not miles. Kilometers. Is that a dead motor? Especially a Honda? Fuck no. They see 400 here. So that's why we're over here. We're like on eBay going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Companies would pull them out, scrap the car, sell the motor to America. Right. Got a, you got a, a Jap-made motor. You ship it over here. And they're selling them for nothing. And they got 100,000K on them. They're fucking good to go. So it was, a, it was a big thing. So as much as that would be, it seems weird for us, it's not. Now, here's a good question. This is where I get... This is where I start to get really fucking pissed off, though. Japan's amount of people per square foot of fucking space they have in their country is very small, okay? Like, you know what, you know what I mean? Like, that's why the buildings are fucking tall, okay? Because they got to <laughs> stack the goddamn Japs on top of each other yeah. so that they can keep them all in one place. Like sardines in a fucking can. What is... Is Canada not the second biggest country for landmass on the planet next to Russia? Am I not right in saying we're two or three in the big... We have the most space for we're people. So why the fuck are we doing what Japan's doing? Oh, it's 100,000K 10 years, I gotta go. That, you know, that sounds like to me a way to put mechanics out of business and destroy my trade. That's what it sounds like to me. Sounds like a really good way to get rid of the aftermarket parts industry. Destroyed. Hey, you know that company that makes a trillion dollars a year selling fuel pumps? They don't exist anymore because no fuel pump fails under 10 years. Well, unless it was made by Chrysler. 
Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's fucking, they're destroying, it's gone. It's done. I'm a mechanic and I'm already like, what am I doing next? There's no point in doing this. I'm going to fix EV cars at a dealer or, or what? What are you going to do? You're going to fix old, yeah. You could be like the guy that, that, that fixes the old Lincoln Navigators and the fucking Cadillac DeVilles from the 70s that, that, that's in like South Oshawa. You could be that guy. That's what, if you fix <laughs> diesel gas cars, you're going to be like that guy that's like, I got a 68 Navigator, do you? I, I remember those. <laughs> yeah, bring it around the back. Yeah, we can read that. We got a, we got a mill out back. Yeah, we can f- put that. We got a four. F- you want a 450? We'll, we'll bore it out to 450. No problem. You know, you're going to become that guy, but it's going to be like, yeah, you need spark plugs in your Elantra? That's going to be in fucking three or four years. It's going to be like uh, Tamara's dad is going to have this piece of shit Hyundai that he thinks he got a deal on. He's going to roll over here and be like, ah, oh, they don't make spark plugs for these anymore. I'll be like, yeah. Do you know how to retrofit your car with spark plugs by checking the gap and reinforcing the ceramic with steel weld? <laughs> No? Well, I fucking do, and that's apparently the only way you're going to get a new spark plug in your car because they don't make them anymore. So let's put new porcelain on, gap that bitch, and put iridium in there, and let's go. Uh, uh, you do that, and I'm going to charge a lot of money to do it because I'm the only bitch who knows how. It's, it's, that's what's going to be like. I'm determined to fix EV cars and know more about old cars, and that's the only thing. I'm, that's the only niche there's going to be. Yeah. There, so that's a, a, an industry that's been desecrated, kind of like what other trade industries have we desecrated in the last few years? Tool and die. Bye-bye-bye. It's fun. Peace out. What's that? That's all, that's all pressmen making and all that shit. Like the list goes on, man. We're just giving up. Pl- we used to manufacture plastics here. We don't make plastics anymore. What are we going to do when the BRICS bank decides that they're not sending us plastic anymore? Like, what, what, what are we going to fucking drink our Tim Hortons cup tops off out of? They're already <laughs> trying to make them out of wood. Like, what the fuck is <laughs> yeah. going on, bro? Like, it's 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 nuts. If you think ma- wooden forks and bio fucking, <laughs> can you imagine they get like that? Like they get the, like fucking. There's the, a banana the peel on top of my cup. Yeah, no, that's no, no. your cup lid. No, you piece you're, of you're shit. Getting, like they have paper straws. Now they're gonna have paper lids. You go to fucking It'll take a, a sip, peel. and it just fucking falls out on your face like ah! oh my god it says caution hot on the cup so that's on you <laughs> yeah. you know or no for me i just see them setting a cup out and it's just a banana peel laying on the top they're like you know green movement here you go are you fucking kidding? yeah we, we don't have time to wait for it to compost we're just gonna use it as a plastic <laughs> now like also check your new xbox it's got banana peels running the cpu watch out <laughs> yeah. don't get too humid in your apartment like that's i feel like that's where we're fucking headed yeah. silver is impossible silver and gold because of what the bricks bank is doing is what they all the chips in our phones and all the shit in the car remember we were talking about how all the cars were yeah. taking a really long time to get here because they don't have silver for the cpus the car's ready to go motors built pistons are good batteries are in installed no computer to say turn on my name's chris here's my vin there's no there's no silver to solder it together so we're gonna get to the point where like well what are we gonna solder it with otherwise like we're gonna start using shit where it's like the car lasts a a month you buy a car a month later all the solders are broken because we used um i don't know like 0.1% silver in this in this uh, this solder liquid shit that we made. We've invented an element. We found a black hole. We've pulled an element out, and now we're soldering with it, and it holds up for a month. That's the way the world works now. Get used to it. Like, I, I don't know, man. Where does it end? So, I mean, here's some, some great news, but it, it's kind of slow coming. So... This is COVID news. So Japan has launched a study to see if sudden cardiac arrests are linked to the vax. India has also launched a study. Did you see my video I posted with that episode of House from 2011? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so fucking funny. It was like uh, sudden 
nocturnal death syndrome, yeah. like SNDS. And he's like, or, ah, uh, basically B- BS for we don't know why everybody's dying. Yeah. And I'm like, so they called sad sudden adult death syndrome because it's B- BS for we don't know why anybody's dying. This was a joke in a fucking medical sitcom from 2011. The world has become the uh, butt medical end. drama. A medical drama. <laughs> yeah, I would call it a sitcom because yeah. it was a joke, full of jokes. Yeah. How many times did I talk about Cuddy's tits in that show? It was amazing. <laughs> he was the, what's Al from fucking the 80s? He was like a modern day version. It was probably the last show you could be like, look at those puppies and get away with it on fucking national television. Yeah. Literally, Hugh Laurie was the last man to go away with looking at a pair of tits without going to jail. Congratulations. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, that, that episode blew my mind because I was like, they like it was a joke then to call something that yeah it it, it it's flatting out it's saying yeah so we pumped you full of shit we don't know it's killing you and we don't know why that's what it says yeah. and if you if you can laugh at that joke then you need to understand that that's why it's funny it's funny because something that was hilarious in 2011 has become global fear in 2022 because people are so stupid that they can't go ha yeah yeah sure that's gonna kill me oh Oh, oh, you're saying it is going to kill me? Okay. You know? Like, it's crazy how it was a joke in 2011, and it's a pandemic in 2020. It only took 10 years to yeah. really pull the wool down. Yeah. So uh, they're also uh, apparently studying this in Australia as well. So oh, My favorite country, the one yeah. where they're, like, checking your ID if you're more than five kilometers from your house. <laughs> and if you are, they can arrest you and take you to a fucking basic prison camp and yeah. hold you until you've uh, 14 days COVID free. Yeah. My favorite country right now. So when I was talking about uh, the, the, the ban on diesel engines uh, that, that can't be anywhere older than 10, 10 years, 10 years uh, that's for large. There'll trucks, be a kilometer as limit well too. As, as well as buses. They'll put a kilometer limit on that. Yeah. What they'll do is they'll say 10 years or a hundred thousand. I bet you, you fucking mark my words. It'll be 10 years or a hundred thousand. And you hit everybody hits a hundred thousand before 10 years. That's how they'll get you. Because yeah. it'll be like, okay, I bought this car. If I drive it a lot, it's going to be gone in three years. If I don't drive it that much and I'm a, I take, I, I'm a, it's a grocery getter, I'll get the 10 years out of it. It'll be like a game that you play. It's yeah. like that more government control, man. Just more control. Another aspect of your life where you're like, should I spend thir- and And you think the price of the cars is going to get better? No. Do you think that the new Hyundai is going to be forty, like less than 40000 You're going to pay 40000 for a car that you can only drive to 100 k Yeah, no that, that's going to be the scariest thing. With uh, no resale when, value. When all these EVs come into play. Like, what oh, about okay. the ones that die out of warranty and you still owe 4000 on the fucking loan, but the cars are literally a dud, and now you have no money for another one? All these people that lease and finance the next car to the next car to the next car to the next car. And I hate this. I'm not talking shit. We all do it. Okay. I know Mark's tomorrow. I got to sell this car so I can get enough money to buy yeah. this so I can finance this. Now I got to sell this. It's only worth a thousand. I can put the thousand down on the next car, get the financing. Instead of 15%, I got to go to 18%, but at least I got a van I can drive. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. bet we've all fucking been there. I'm not shitting on the process. It's just disgusting that they have to rope every person into it. Nobody yeah. just owns their fucking car and drives to work anymore. Mechanics do because we can fix them and we're smart like that and we know, but we only know because it's our industry. We get, you know, mechanics get fucking raped at the th- dentist office because I don't know anything about my teeth. The same way the dentist gets raped when he comes to the shop because he doesn't know fucking anything about catalytic <laughs> converters. That's the way the world works. And that's the problem. We got to quit raping each other like that because it's not, we got to be in this, th- we do have to be in this together because the only person winning is a tax man at the end of all that. Yeah. At the end of all of that, the dentist is charging you, making all that tax money there's, and the mechanics doing the same thing. There's something out there uh, that I actually- it's about love, man. There's something out there that I actually give props to the company that I work for, for doing. It's something called the Barter Network. 
and you whole pay- barter system and bartering networks, bro. Preach, you, preach, you, you bro. Base- Take me to church, son. Yeah. So, uh, so you just whatever a company needs in the way of carpet cleaning, they will. Uh, they'll ask us to do. And if it's with, within a, a certain price range, it's like, yeah, okay, we'll do that. And that earns us credit within the barter network. And then with this credit, we can use it. So, oh, okay, well, the staff wants a getaway at the Edge Lounge. Okay, cool. We have so much credit built up on the barter network that we're going to take all the employees out to the Edge Lounge. And we've done that before. And the Edge Lounge owes you, owes you like two or $300 already. So it's technically free for the company because of this accumulated barter shit. Yeah. That's very clever and I like it because everybody wins. Because if you go to the Edge Lounge as an employee, you might like it, take your family for dinner the next night and make them money. So they're not losing money. Nobody's losing money. Yeah. Everybody gains it's just, from this. I it's, love a situation. Tra- it's a trade. It's a tit for tat. I love a situation where everybody wins. If that's the basics of humanity. That's that. That's what the human... Condition should be, you know what I mean? Empathize, empathize with our brothers. Yeah, what can I do so that I've got something and you've got something? You know, why are yeah. we? Why is someone always got to get ahead? That's part of the uh, toxic masculinity. Is a hu- you know what I mean? It's a shitty word, and it's a very woke word, and it's a word a lot of women like to throw around. <laughs> oh, that's a, don't mansplain toxic masculinity, oh, bitch. Settle down, yeah. shut up, and put this in your mouth. No, that's not what I meant. Sorry, um, <laughs> you're so misogynistic. <laughs> that's not. I'm, I'm. That's that was the point. You know, I'm not. <laughs> that was the, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, I was doing that on purpose. <laughs> they are smarter than us. That's why. That's why we get so mad about it because they're cl- more clever than we are. But that's that's part of it. When you've got that kind of, I have to be better than everybody. You know, when we're raised like that, and then you become adult. I think that it, it's a big part of the claw your way through the system, claw your way to the top attitude. Whereas. It's, I just, it's, it reminds me of a Saw, of, of the Saw movie. Do you remember the one? There was one where there was, I think it started with six of them. And there was like six rooms. Um, Rita from Dexter, the girl who played Dexter's yeah. girlfriend was in this, this, I think it was, this had to be five, maybe six, six, I think it was six. Anyways, if they had stuck together by the end of the, all the games, they would have only had to basically each lose a finger in this saw and they would have bled out of like their pinky and they would have filled this jar with, I think it was like eight pints of blood. They would have all had to give a pint. A pint of blood's not a lot. If you lost a finger, you could lose a pint of blood, and you could probably tie off your fucking wrist or whatever, and you'd be okay. <laughs> then, But then you go around something like Matthew Lillard on screen. Feel a little woozy here. Hey, guys. Guys, I'm cold. Yeah. It's chilly. It's the heat. I'm cold. Yeah. But yeah, um... But they didn't work together, and by the end of it, there's only two of them left, and they have to basically saw their arms off, and they become, because they give so much blood, they can't walk to the exit that opens up, opens up, and they're like, I open, but I have blood in my body. It's so funny, but if they, you know, I love that. And I feel like that's like literally humanity now. Like if the government's going to put their thumb under you and crush you so hard with you know, if you if you don't if you want to believe the vaccine is good and you went and got it, you must wonder about this automotive thing. When they when you're like, I'm going to spend forty grand on a car that I'm not allowed to drive after three years because I do twenty eight k a year yeah. because I commute. What? Like maybe that'll wake you up. You know, I don't know what's going to take to wake you up if the vax and the um, the trucker convoy and the lockdowns and the rich people sitting around with no masks eating dinner and going on vacation while the rest of us were in, weren't allowed to go to bars or restaurants because we were locked. I don't know what's going to take to wake you up, but maybe that'll be it. Like maybe and, and I there's so much squeeze. Like I, I'm who's not woken up yet? You know what I mean? Like it's starting to get to the point where it's just like, well, 
So when do we get together and say, what are we doing about this problem? Yeah. That's where, because it's been three years now. So that's what I'm interested in now. I'm interested to see when groups of people start going, hey, I'm not buying a car for 40 grand that I can't drive in three years. That's insane. Maybe, you know, it might, maybe it'll take that for the rich people to stop and go, this is getting ridiculous because they'll come for them. The people with money that own property and houses right now are safe, which is why they're laughing at the struggling well, people like you and me. Well, Sa- I mean, not safe, but they think they are. Well, taxes just increased to people uh, and making mo- over a certain amount. Mortgage so. rates also went up 4% on yeah. fucking poor people too. So everybody's getting fucked, not just yeah. them. So my point is, is that like they'll wake up too, and I'm st- you're seeing it already. People that were like, "Yeah, fucking, I got my vax. I do what you're told. Stay home, do this." Blah, blah. Even some of these people I'm seeing, they're like, "Well, I'm back to work now, and I lost my job." You know, what I mean, I yeah. went back from COVID. Now I got no fucking job. I got no fucking money. I'm one of you now. You know, we're starting to see the squeeze, really squeeze. Even the rich people that are are careless with their money out. And now they're just middle class. They're like, "Shit, I think I got to go get a. I, I have credit, so I can get it, but I think I need to get a loan to survive." Yeah. I know friends of mine that have good credit that just took out $10,000 credit cards so that they could start living on that credit card because their mortgage went up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's fucked. That's, so that guy that was, you know, inviting me over to his place to hang out when I was in a bad place during COVID is about to be huddled over the drum with me. You know what I mean? Heating up his hot dogs yeah. because he wants his kids to wear nice clothes. That's how it's going to be. It's going to be fucked I, up. I, I just wish that people... He doesn't want his kids to suffer because the world's getting I more expensive. I wish that people could see... I imagine when you do the same with Taya. Yeah. But I, I wish that people could see... You don't see. want her to notice the world's falling apart. Sorry, go ahead, Mark. <clears throat> Are you I still here? I wish that people could see that the second that anybody is okay with the government doing anything, the government has has suddenly free range on it. So if if the government's like, you know, we defend our free. we we defend our choice in freezing the bank accounts of those that were protesting. And you'll have people who are say, "Well, yeah, I agree. They shouldn't they shouldn't do that." Okay, so now you've given the government permission. So when it comes to you, th- those people are going to be like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait." Wait, I was okay if you did it to this guy. Yeah. I'm not okay if you do it to this guy. Exactly. And that's It's like, ah, but no, you've already given us free range. We can do it. And I mean it's a where does it end? Yeah. That's why I say you can't give them an inch. It's the same thing with that with like I mean, this goes back way back to to the war there with income tax with the whole like, yeah, you know. Oh my god, you're so fucking right. I was just preaching about that the other day. About how income tax came in the second world war. And it was it was only made for the people forget that. Yeah, I think they forget it because it's kind of like our grandparents' generation. Like, um, I was I was I was, I was laughing the other day. I was, who was I talking to? There was a my friend brought her eleven or twelve year old over, and I went and bought marijuana, like legal marijuana, from one of the dispensaries. My buddy came over, and I'm just staring at the bag, and it says like to be inhaled and keep out of reach of children and shit on it. And I went, you know, when I was your age, there was literally shows like like commercials on TV with pictures of a brain being fried with wires like this is your brain when you smoke marijuana the government was like if you smoke marijuana you will die you will become garbage you will nothing you will accomplish nothing and not even 20 years later not even 15 years later the government's like I would like to sell you the very drug I told you would kill you yeah would you mind that looks like there's a lot of money to be made here and then I thought she and this 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 kid's smart. She looked at me and she said, "Well, yeah, they just decided they were going to tell you they were selling you that drug." And I went, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> she she's like, "The government was selling you weed before it was legal. They yeah. just realized they could make it profitable 
So and, and, so they made it legal. And she, and she kind of looked at me. She went, they'll do it with everything else soon by the time I'm your age. Like, fucking scary. This kid looked at me and just owed to me. I was like, you're right. Like, yeah. co- fucking hair. And, How old are you? Well, they're, they're, they're <laughs> saying you can, you know, they're euthanized, right? If you want to die, they're like, yeah, help you. So they're, they'll make heroin legal. If, excuse me. If they make heroin legal, they'll be, boom. You don't even have to worry about suicide boots. Be able to go out with a bang. Yeah. So, it'd be just like Futurama. The people lined up at the booth. <laughs> Get your injection. Oh, it feels so good. <laughs> Done. <laughs> you know? End of story. Yeah. They want us to die, so we have to stick together and bring that humanity. I mean, bring that humanity and get rid of the in where we actually are in this together. And barter system stuff is part of that. You know, it really, really is. But the barter system. I mean, the Hudson Bay Company is the oldest company in the world, and it's a Canadian company, and it started with people treating trading beaver pelts in the fucking yeah. lake, like you know, back in the day. Hey, I'll give you this beaver pelt, and you give me some rabbit meat. Oh, that sounds like a pretty good, pretty good deal. I'll say two pelts for one rabbit. Two pelts, I don't know, those two pelts, I can wear those pelts for months and months at a time. I'm only going to eat that rabbit once. I'm thinking three rabbits, you know? Okay, yeah. okay, you got a deal. Settle down. Yeah. It's beautiful. Everybody benefits. Nobody, it got really easy when, when income became um, tangible. You know, in, you know, uh, Income was never tangible. I do this for you. You do this for me. When income became tangible, maybe that we like to talk about when the when was the fall of this? Was it when we got rid of the gold reserve in the seventies with Nixon? Oh, probably. Was it? Oh, maybe let's take it further back. Was it when they killed Kennedy? Was it when they said, "Nah, man, we don't want"? Well, yeah, possibly because he wanted to shut down the reserve. Exactly. Where did it start? Yeah. Like that. So let's oh, fuck that. Let's go back to World War Two. I love the idea in Metal Gear that, which is a I've been fucking around with those games lately, where they're like, after the Second World War, China, Russia, and the states got together, and they've been running shit ever since. Everything's part of a plan. That's a fucking. I, I can see that, and yeah. it was. I mean, it was the early fifties or the late forties, early fifties during uh, World <laughs> War Two. Oh yeah, there's this shit actually there, happened. Yeah. But we don't know the extent of no. During, during World War Two, there was uh, there was a giant. <laughs> There, there was a hotel with a giant table that uh, had all the world leaders uh, meet up in the, for dinner, and they would discuss the uh, and the conspiracies. The strings about, are going to pull. Yeah, exactly, and yeah. how things are going to continue. And we got to wonder, like, was the military-industrial complex part of that plan? Then, I believe Maybe. it was one hundred percent. Was the states going off the gold reserve part of the plan then? Yeah, was probably. was Brazil, Russia, India, and China forming their own bank on gold reserve after we went off part of the plan? <laughs> I'm not like, was it? Oh, I mean, that could have been. It, Maybe. Yeah, we don't know. Been if, like, where's oh, the well, po- they're going off and they're doing Maybe so the power shifted. Maybe there's been yeah. a power shift in the last 20 years and that's why the world's changing. A power shift in an entity that we don't even know anything about. Well, I mean, that just takes, uh, that just, if you. The pay, Illuminati, if you, bro. If you pay attention to minerals. And who's harvesting the minerals? Yep. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where you're going to see the change. That's where King's like, oh, okay, well, they're they're doing it. Oh, they're creating a stockpile. They're, yeah, whatever. Yep. So Mel Gibson, there's a name of controversy. So My favorite Jew hater. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm so happy all the anti-Semitic rambling that he had towards his ex-wife has been forgotten. Well, not forgotten. Uh, that's a stain on his record. Now, I'm not defending him for that, but... <laughs> But I, oh I'm man, sorry. that phone call where he's like, you're going to blow me or I'm going to burn this sucker down. It's like, oh, <laughs> wah, wah. My hero, bro. Honestly, God, play the Foo Fighters. <laughs> but uh, you know how many times I've played, tried to play the blow me or I'll burn this house down game and not gotten my dick sucked? Yeah. This motherfucker pulled it up. <laughs> well, okay. So 
I mean, either way, there's a whole lot of context missing, and I, I'm not defending Mel Gibson for it because I don't know what caused him to go off on this tangent, but either way, he was recorded in a very, very bad spot. But I heard you just grab them by the pussy. Well, I mean, it's, they don't know what to do. They're just overwhelmed by the power. It's just easy. grab them right by the pussy. So just before I get into this next part of my notes here, I do want to point out since you just pulled a, a Trump impression during this uh, during the McCarthy nominations for the vote, Matt Gates, who is a Republican senator for Florida, stood up and when asked who he votes for, he was the only one to say Donald John Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and so Trump took to uh, Truth Social and uh, and posted him uh, an image of him beside Speaker Pelosi as <laughs> speaker. Just a troll. It's it's so funny. It's it's like <laughs> it's scary that the the presidency was won by a troll. It's more scary that he's the greatest president we've had in the last 35 <laughs> years. I'm sorry. Bill, Bill Clinton. Ah, I really liked Bill. And I know there's a lot of controversy about this Hillary. And I, they're all pedophiles. I'm, I know they are. I'm sure he's yeah. a kid, kid, kid raper. He was a good president, though. I think all the presidents <laughs> are kid rapers. I'll be honest. I think every president probably fucks kids except George Bush Jr. I think George Bush Jr. just loved cocaine. Yeah, I just think he's too stupid for him. I think he likes shooting guns, fucking hookers, strippers, and uh, he's house. He was house as president from the South. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was just a crazy, he's just nuts. He's just going on. Let him let him do it. It works. <laughs> there was yeah. no World War Three, and he fucking had, and he basically had Desert Storm Part Two, and he won. Yeah. Like fucking woo! Nine Eleven happened, and his legacy isn't tarnished. Nobody goes, remember that piece of shit during the nine eleven? No, they're like George did a great job. Like it's hilarious. He, you win, George. I think he's maybe the only one that didn't fuck kids. His dad definitely fucked kids, but he yeah. he did not. He, he did not. But his dad did in the eighties for sure. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, direct us back to what I was going on. He with probably snowed at the bones of the children after he... Never mind. I'm sorry. Possibly, I'm just... I'm, George Sr. was so, crazy. So Mel Gibson, I'm not defending him for anything that he did. We would but, never defend Mel Gibson on the we, shot, but... But we don't know all the but he's very entertaining behind that either because it's very easy for anybody to make a villain out of someone. So you could probably listen to many episodes of the shot pod, snip out an audio clip without context and villainize any one of us. Uh, mostly <laughs> me, though. It'd be easier to do to me. Yeah. I'd recommend doing it to me first and seeing how that goes yeah. over. If I get my ass hung out to dry, you could maybe with a little yeah. more research find a bad Mark clip. So It would probably just be Mark saying you're right to something I said that was offensive. That'd be the only way to really get him. Yeah. Him agreeing with something I said that was really offensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when Mel Gibson made Passion of the Christ, it was controversial because he's Roman Catholic and there's so many different religions that have different versions of Mel Gibson's story. Jim uh, Caviezel was struck by lightning during the sermon on the, uh, on the mount when he was being crucified. The assistant director was struck twice. Jim's hair was on fire, but otherwise he was miraculously fine. Now, let me get to the point of this. That's no, insane, bro. No, yeah. No. Is, I've been saying God isn't real for how fucking long? Every time I go on the show, I'm like, God, have you ever you religious? You're an idiot. Yeah. If you need faith and spirituality to feel better about yourself, props to you than embrace religion. But if you're using religion to feel good uh, to, because you need something to believe in that could be real, you're a fucking idiot. That's not the reason to embrace religion. But I, if in this situation, I don't know, I, I might be lifting that clause. Yeah. I'd be fucking real with you. Yeah. Like, I might be lifting. That says to me that God is real and he's fucking pissed. But then at the back of my head, I'm thinking, you know what, God, you're letting a lot of shit fly right now that yeah. I would be doing so. If we're your children and you're supposed to love us, why are you letting all the pedophiles run free? And why are 
are there more of them? And why are they breeding? Why are they starting a fan club for themselves? <laughs> now, now, fuck you. I'm making a movie about how you're garbage. So I'm kind of with Mel on this. I'm sorry. So let me get to the point of the story. Uh, so Mel Gibson, he's a man of controversy, but he can act. And now he's in the Very press. Well. He's in the press again because he's going after the elites. He plans on directing a Himself. film about the Rothschild family. Oh, and the New I heard about Order. this. I fucking read about this, bro. This is fucking <laughs> big news. Yeah. Hey, yo, I, he he reminds me a little bit of Donald Trump in the way that he's like one of the guys who's in the the Skull Club, but wants to joke about how he's the Skull Club's not real. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. He is an elite. He's like, I'm gonna make a movie about the elites taking over the world. Are uh, the elites like? Did you hear what Mel's doing? Is he still in the club? Like, it was after, like, <laughs> him and Tom Hanks are like, is Tom in the club? What's going on? I don't know. Will Smith's in the club after he slapped Chris for sure. That was how we knew yeah. Will got into the club when he slapped Chris. We're like, oh, yeah, he's definitely, they bought and sold him. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking stressed. That was either set up or he's stressed. Either way, the Illuminati owned that motherfucker. Do you remember, uh, there was a member of the Rothschild family who was dying. He was in his They are all yeah, cryogenically well, well, no, no, frozen beside specific, Walt Disney. But specifically this guy, they transplanted his heart to prolong his life. I, I, I just know that if anybody's going to get saved, it's the Rothschild. Yeah. Like, they might, I'm surprised he doesn't have a cybernetic heart pumping completely cybernetically from another universe. I wouldn't. Yeah. They'd be like, nobody else is allowed. We're, multi-dimensional travel is still experimental, but for the Rothschild, we'll make it happen. Yeah. So David Rockefeller, he died at the age of 101. Now, most people in the medical field will say it's rare to get two heart transplants, but it almost never happens that someone will get three heart transplants. It's rumored that David Rockefeller got six now snopes will say it's a lie and it came from a new satire if you're site. that rich though and someone came to you just like yo you have the same blood type as me i want your heart i will give your family a trillion with a fucking t dollars give me your heart and die i'd be yeah. like sign me up i'm not really having a great time anyway <laughs> like i'd be you know yeah. like fine my family gets to live and run the world yeah sign me up yeah take it so Snopes will say that's a lie and it came from a news satire site, which it did. However, Snopes tried to discredit the organization by pointing out stories that sound ridic ridiculous but may actually be true. So World Daily News has reported that in the past, eyewitness uh, accounts of Jesus miracles uh, came came to be. Well, okay. there are people that see Jesus miracles all the time. It just, I mean, sometimes it's just a... I saw a tree that had Mary praying 100% of it the other day. I'm completely converted. Yeah. So shit so, happens. So, yeah. So, I mean, that could be. Uh, and then there was also a story of a logger cutting down the oldest tree. Well, that happened, sort of. In 1964, Donald Curry killed the oldest tree discovered at that time. An article from Smithsonian Magazine written, what in, a dick, eh? in, written in 2012 talks about Don not meaning... Like, I'm not a liberal hippie tree-hugging motherfucker, but that guy's a prick. He didn't mean... To, I don't care. Be more careful. So, so... <laughs> <laughs> what he did was he uh, so, I love when I can get Mark to, so to break character for one he second. Has, so he had this tool called a tree core. It's what's used to determine the age of a tree. Would you call me? Uh, I am not core. a tree whore. I yeah. said I was a tree hugger. Yeah. Be careful where you're throwing those words. So he got his tree core stuck <laughs> in a tree. I'll get my tree core stuck in your tree. He got it stuck in there and an unwitting park ranger helped him by cutting the tree down. Oh, hey, could you help me? Well, it's pretty big. I'm going to need two saws. <laughs> you know, this might be the biggest. You think it's the biggest? Nah, there's no way. Can you so, imagine my surprise the next day when yeah. you're like, uh, you so, fucked up, Tim. So Donald began counting the rings and discovered the tree was almost 5,000 years old. Holy shit! Thousand? <laughs> this tree yeah. knows what a woolly mammoth looks yeah. like, for fuck's sake. So he 
he did get his tool back, if, in case you're wondering. That tree knows where the clitoris <laughs> is. That's insanity. That's the tree of life. So this happened in 1964. So there is currently a bristlecone pine in California right now that's approximately 4,800 years old. So Jesus. there are still. You think they could not trees. fuck this up for 200 more years, guys? <laughs> it's like it's a it's a blink of an eye for the tree. You, it's a long time for us. The tree had a nap. Yeah. Jesus, so, so the only, we are fucking it up so bad. So as the humanity. only story that I can't confirm that from this Daily News thing is. Uh, the capture of a 15-ton prehistoric shark ca- captured off the coast of Pakistan. The pictures used were that of a great white, and teeth found could be that of a megalodon or even fabricated replicas. But the majority of people... A megalodon? Those things are massive. Yeah. But the people, uh, uh, the majority of people should know that Snopes aren't necessarily fact-checkers because they play partisan politics. They deny it. They they deny it wholeheartedly. They say, no, no, we we don't just side with one team while only just, siding just like with li- one team. Just like liberals will tell you that you're <laughs> you are free but you just can't work <laughs> yeah. but, but you can't work if you yeah. don't do what we tell you most of snopes uh there's a lot of snopes misinformation that can be spotted during the, the lockdowns of covid where they tried to dismiss the conspiracy theories of people against the vaccine which i think all of them came true specifically regarding the government overreach adverse effects data etc you know pretty much everything yeah. anybody claimed in snopes like this Nothing is false wrong. yeah <laughs> <laughs> tamara your spaghetti's fucking delicious <laughs> I got to say, was that what ragu with, um, I'm just, I was hoping you come across the fucking studio and smack me in the face. (laughs) So in the past two years, everyone who has argued saying they don't play partisan politics has had nothing good to say about anything conservative and will help the mainstream narrative. I have something I want to talk to you about uh, in a second. In trying to discredit conservatives specifically. But here's the thing. And I'm not saying conservatives are perfect. That's why it's not good to be partisan on any side. Liberals usually go by emotional responses to things and conservatives quite often go by data. This is the whole facts over feelings argument. However, I'm not saying liberals don't have data because anytime they do, they throw it in conservatives' faces as if they finally have a leg to stand on. But any data they have today, especially in Canadian politics, has been altered, faked, and they're lying to our faces. When confronted on any of this, they change the story. Trudeau has what five ethics violations i think it's six now and for any investigation into this corruption all the evidence is is pages and pages of redacted documents how can they get away with that how can they get away with hiding data that the canadian public should be made privy to the access to information act gives canadian citizens permanent residents individuals president present in canada and corporations located in canada the right to have access to information in federal government records that are not of a personal nature so if the liberal government's like uh sorry we did a thing with this we charity thing but it's the canadian government we should have access to that but during the investigation they're like here it is here it is it's, it's another like, conflict all, of interest thing it's the same thing with doug fucking you know it's just like you can't make decisions where you benefit from them you, you can't, that's not what government's fucking, it's not anybody's job is. No person should be making decisions where they benefit from it. And, and we've just given that up. Now, everybody is given a decision and it's like, so who's going to pay me more or which one's going to benefit me more? I'm not worried about the 10,000 workers that are going to lose their jobs or I'm not worried, you know, whatever little dumb detail is in the way, it's going to be what works for me. Yeah. And it's, I don't know, it's been too many years of it. I don't know. What, how do we change this, Mark? Do we, is the, is the solution not to raise our children to not do that? Like just raise your kids to, to be like few for the many. 
I don't know. I don't know because just raise them to do better so that they do. Because like who, <laughs> Justin's parents clearly didn't raise him enough not to sell us out to the Chinese. I mean, right now I actually think it's all on Danielle Smith. You move to a fucking province that's like you're not going to tell us what to do anymore. <laughs> I'm with you on it, man. It's fucking. It's just getting a little bit. Oh, I wanted to. Um, the thing I was thinking about there when you said that, I wanted to ask your opinion on something. Sure. I really want to know about this. Let's hear it, Tiger. Some, it's not uh, an opinion that a lot of people are going to want to hear. And it comes from old school, uh, old, oh. old school East Coast hate. <laughs> so old, it, old, it, not e cool. Old school East, East Coast, Coast hate. hate. So in the East Coast, there's East Coasters. Hey there, bud. I'm from Newfoundland. Oh, yeah. I'm from New Brunswick. Oh, look at me. I'm from Prince hey, Edward Island. Buddy. Hey there, buddy. I'm from fucking Nova Scotia there, but I'm on a pole for the last 10 years. I don't even fucking know. Not a goddamn job out here there is, no. And then <laughs> you have the French in all of those places. <laughs> yeah. Now, during the FLQ fucking referendums and the shit in the 90s when Quebec wanted to separate and all that stuff got really interesting. I'll talk about 90s Canadian politics, and I very conveniently always forget to mention the FLQ referendums of yep. the of Quebec. So, yeah, our, we are a little bit fucked as a country. We got we to gotta remember there's a little... You know, well, there's a reason the block still counts <laughs> when, they, when we have a federal election. There's a reason the block exists. Yeah. Um, I read... That somewhere that the reason that the Canada is in such bad shape is not because Justin sold us to the Chinese, it's because we've been infiltrated by the French, including Polyevy himself, who's also a, a French name of French descent. Uh, somebody, I don't know. I was just reading this stuff. I never thought of this kind of conspiracy, and I am kind of getting into this stuff where, like, during that FLQ shit, a bunch of block people got together and they put together a plan so that by now they would have control of Canada and they'd be able to sell us to the highest bidder because they were tired of, of basically arguing with the Anglophones about control of the country and they've won and that's why we are where we are. I mean, fun, funny. I, I never thought of it but when I funny, then there's evidence. Watch some videos of people funny thing when showing you, this. When uh, you bring up uh, Quebec is uh, the carbon tax for all of Canada is going up triple in April but not in Quebec. Right. <laughs> right right you think maybe they're running this show i no, don't know no. i don't know man i no. mean not saying trudeau is also french his yeah. fuck his dad was the most like the ultimate uh, fr Wait, Franco no, francophone okay, prime right. minister if you're going by pierre okay pierre but, was if, the ultimate... but if you're going by fidel yeah okay, <laughs> sorry uh, you're right i forgot to talk about which dad thank you i forgot we were on an episode of maury here in canada and uh the father is you know we gotta bring maury out pierre so... trudeau is not the father that's yeah, crazy in here. Oh, there's five. Jerry, Jerry, wrong show, wrong show. With zero. What? Anyway. All over the road what? right now. This mess is everywhere. Yeah. Quit doing drugs, Alex. We're driving through the field right now. Can I? Can I talk a little bit about a personal experience I had? Can we get personal? Or are we? St well, well, hang on a second. Okay, so, we're gonna, we got to talk about personal before we get to the end of the show. So you're talking. And then we have. Yeah. So you're still going on about uh, the the, well. the French. Yeah, I wanted to ask what your opinion on that is. Uh, again, maybe dig into it. Like, I, I, somebody had just said because if you look at the Conservative Party itself and the amount of uh, people that just are, have been so, left and been replaced <laughs> with French, and in the Liberal Party too. So now you were about to go into um, like a little personal. You're like, let's get personal. 
And then I... I, I just want to talk about this because... Okay, let's talk about it. Well, I did drugs, a drug last night that I've never done before in my life. So last night for the first time in, uh, in my life, I dropped acid. Oh, yeah. I've never done it. I've never done it. I was like, yeah, why not? I don't give yeah. a fuck. I hope I can make it to the podcast tomorrow and I'm not still fucking <laughs> dilated pupils tripping in my room. I've done mushrooms before. Um, I've micro, when I was, when I get sick, I microdose it. Like I'll get mushrooms from my buddy and I'll just like get up in the morning and take like a little bit. Um, it, and it helps mix you. It, like, I mean, it's been proven that psilocybin helps you with things like this is, this isn't new, but anyways, when I want to do it for a, a psychedelic experience, my only, you know, I'm not really much of a psychedelics guy. Um, weed is a, is a downer, I guess. And that's my main go-to because of my bipolar. It's like a nice medication, medication replacement. Because when I took meds, it just leveled me out for people. You know, I wasn't like, oh, high strung, but I also not horribly depressed. Weed, although when I'm depressed, it doesn't really help. Um, when I'm really high strung, it does level me out. So I just smoke less when I'm depressed and it kind of works out. So the way, you know, I, drugs are a recreational thing for me. I'll flat out say it. Don't give a fuck. People can judge all they want. Um, I don't have kids. don't have a wife. <laughs> These are judgy eyes right now. There's a judgy ears out there, I can tell you. But I'll, I just <laughs> I just don't care. Um Drugs were a big problem in my marriage for a while, so I always got to be... And my entire family are alcoholics, for the most part. You know what I mean? Even my mom, who's who's like my best friend and was always awesome, dabbled in alcoholism for a little while. You know what I mean? Like, we've all... They've all got... So I'm, I'm, I keep the drinking in check. I've never been a heavy drinker. I've never really been... Oh, Kenny's going to get it in. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, How do you know he was aiming for the wine and oh, not right I, down the yeah. top? Yeah. I was, I was like, how about the, the beer glue boogers beer landing glue. in your fucking wine? <laughs> so it was, um, so when I've done one of my, my favorite mushroom experiences was uh, maybe not last summer, but the one before like first COVID when we were really, really, really like, what do we do? We were, we would have bonfires down at the lake. Kind of like when I was a kid, my buddy, Kevin DeMare and I, and we did a, but we were down at the lake uh, by jail Roberts. We had a big bonfires, one in the morning. We took a bunch of mushrooms at 11, and we just eat mushrooms all night. And mushrooms normally just make me feel drunk anyway. Just kind of make, you get drunk, but you see a little bit of colors. You know what I mean? Maybe when you blink, you'll be like, ooh, some colors or something like that. It's not not really anything special. It just kind of enhances the drinking experience, and it makes you social. And if your other friends are doing it, it can be fun. So then the police showed up. We're like a little fucked on mushrooms, smoking weed, having a few drinks. And then all of a sudden we just see the helicopter and we see two cop cars coming across the GL Roberts field. The officers are like, any drugs? And you're like, no, we've already done them all. Oh, we didn't get that far. <laughs> we just saw the cops. Ca- Cause you could see like along from where we were. Yeah. We're smart. We've set up in a spot where we could see everything. And I'm like, you know, I, I just saw the, the, the chopper and everyone was like, oh shit. So we throw the fire, you know, put water on the fire and we're very slowly packing up our things and laughing and saying our goodbye. Hey, what's up? What are you doing next week? You know, I've had a great time with you. And so, but not me. I saw the chopper and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? If there's one, they're like raptors, these Durham regional police. If you see one, there's 20 in a bush waiting to get you. So I look around and I see the two cop cars coming across the field. Look like straight out of GTA. Yeah. You know in GTA when you're like on the beach and you cap somebody and you're like, oh, I wonder if I got caught or if anyone called it in. Then you see the cops turning off the road <laughs> yeah. from the highway off. And they're like, oh shit, I got to steal a car. Get the fuck out of here. It was like that. So I was like, guys, cops. Oh shit. Like we start yelling. I was like, oh fuck. So the marsh is there. So I'm high on mushrooms. I've got my guitar on my back in a case. I'm holding all the beer and all the things I brought. I'm there with my buddy, Adam, who's my apprentice who I'm working with. Who I'm supposed to be like, who's supposed to respect me as a professional. <laughs> 
has this master and apprentice, okay? And we're down knee deep in mud in the swamp at two in the morning. I'm 30 fucking five years old. And the cops are with the chopper and their cars driving around looking for us. And we're like really low. Like, everyone stay quiet. I'm so high, but we gotta stay quiet. Oh god, the colors! There's so many colors. Stop, 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 stop! But there's so many colors. I just, I wish I could be enjoying this high right now instead of running from the cops. Anyways, so I made sure that didn't happen. I went to the store and made sure I had supplies of food and snacks. Had a shower, did my laundry, did everything so that like I could be like, okay, I could, I can be. If I have to stay in this room for thirty hours, I'll be okay. And I'll be honest, it just makes everything funny. It yeah. uh, it was a tablet or like piece of paper. So I called my mom. I was like, Mom, when you did acid back in the day, like, what do you do? What do I do with this? Do I swallow it? Do I stick it in my eye? Like ecstasy back in the 90s? Like, what do I do with it? She's like, no, no, no. You, one of the, it's on paper. So what you want is the, the sticky stuff on the one side of the paper. So put it under your tongue. Or put it on top of your tongue. So I cut it in half because I was scared shitless. I mean, I'm talking a, a thing so small. In order to cut it in half, I had to use the same screwdriver that I use on my glasses to tighten the screws. And I cut it in half with that because that's how tiny it was. Like, yeah. if we're talking, like, I, I believe that one microscopic grain of fentanyl could kill you because this tiny amount of acid can make you trip the way you did. And holy fuck, it's pretty. <laughs> so. I talked to my person I got it from, and he's like, yeah, this my girl did a, did one of them, did a whole one, and just watched TV, watched the hockey game, saw some colors, and went to bed. I was like, okay. She's done it before a couple times, so I'll cut it in half. I can probably handle half. She's doing a whole one, just watching hockey. I can probably do a half one and survive. <laughs> so I do half. I put it on top of my tongue, and nothing happens. I don't really feel... I kind of feel like a... Like I'd smoked a really big joint, maybe? Like, like a nice kind of maybe a little bit of head high, like... Okay, maybe, or maybe I'm just tired. You know, like I kind of start questioning it. So then I go over for the other half of it and I put this under my tongue and my mom, I messaged my mom cause my mom did drugs back in the fucking yeah. day. And then she's like, suck on it. Like you got, you got put it under your tongue, go kind of do that. So I did that and it worked like a half hour later, I get up to pee and I'm like spelling my name in the toilet and it's so much fun. I'm like, Hey, Oh Jesus. This is whoa. Whoa, okay, that's fun. And then I'm watching, I'm doing Metal Gear playthrough, right? So I'm watching Metal Gear 4, and like there's these robot Metal Gear things that jump out of the, they're jumpers. They jump like 30 feet before they land. Yeah. I couldn't handle that. They would land, boom, and I'd be like, oh, fuck! Oh, no! No, no, no! Pop, that was enough of that. I get really scared because when they land, this, anything that happens abruptly on the screen, is very abrupt to you. You're like, oh shit, I don't like that. So I became immediately like, I need to find something funny. So I watched The Office and Rick and Morty were my go-to. So I watched the new season of Rick and Morty and then I'm, I'm now at season, I watched the whole first season and some of the second season of The Office because it was just so, I laughed. So like, I'm telling you, bro, uh, my goal now, I know you're a father and you've got responsibilities, but at some point, um, you're just gonna get like, uh, we're gonna have a House Wilson moment. And you're just going to like be, eat. we'll be having drinks, right? Sipping yeah. it. Cheers, Bo. Give me a sip. And then we'll be talking. So Mark, uh, podcast talk, podcast talk, 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 talk. Uh, Mark, podcast talk to, I don't know how to do that. Why are you slurring your words, Mark? And then just, that's the sound of Mark hitting the table. <laughs> because I put something in his drink and he's out. When he wakes up, yeah. we're in a hotel. Tamara's approved of this. She might even be there with us. I don't fucking know. It's send Tay to her grandma's or some uh, shit. I don't know where this is going, so I can't. It's not gonna get sexual, okay? 
Well, I'm gonna say so. Him and I are in a hotel. We're just and, and I just I just give it to him and go. We're gonna watch The Office and do acid. There it is. And he's just like, but he wakes up and it's already in his mouth, so he doesn't have a choice. <laughs> and, and I've already started season one, episode one. So that by the time we get to what season one, episode four, you start to realize this is way funnier than it should be. <laughs> and then yeah, when Amy Adams showed up, I literally got up and on the episode six, I got up and I was like, I forgot Amy Adams is in this. And I go to my landlord. I'm like, Yo, did you remember Amy Adams was in? Was in the, the office? I love her. She's Lois Lane. And then I went up to my other room and I told her to talk to all of them. Like every, it very much reminds me of just like a, like a, you ever, you ever a little brother and he drinks for the first time yeah. and he's like all hammered and you're like, you're adorable. I'm going to take you home. Make sure you have a good night. I hope you had fun being hammered for the first time. You're adorable. And she's like, I'm so much fun right now. Like one of those. Yeah. That's what it was like. It was kind of interesting. So yeah, we should definitely do ask to watch the office one time. Uh, other than, honest, other than that, I don't see the appeal of psychedelic drugs on a regular basis. I, I'm not going to say that I don't enjoy mushrooms. And the last time I did mushrooms, after the thingy in the swamp, was probably with my girl that I was dating a little bit. Like we did a little bit and we just hung out that night and, you know, fucked around and watched TV. Stupid shit like that. And that's it. I haven't really done it since. So it's been like twice in the last couple of years. Yeah. This, you know what I mean? I'm 35 and this is the first time I've ever done this. I, I, when's the last time I did ecstasy? Yes, yeah, I'm being super honest about the shit. I don't give a fuck. And most people don't like talking about this stuff, but even people with money that like act all stuffy, I would never do that. They're all doing stuff in the back room too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's you just I'm just coolly honest about it. That's just why I like talking about the stuff because I think if there's people out there that are also just like, yeah, I've never done ecstasy. I, I, don't, I don't want people to judge me. Just be like, yeah, it's okay. We were all alive in 1999, bro. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with saying I gave it a shot once. And when I moved my hand, it looked like it was moving in stop motion. It was like a frame by frame. You were like, whoa. I expected to see that with the acid too. I was like, maybe it'll be kind of like ecstasy with the frame by frame and the colors. And it's not really colors on ecstasy. It's more sensation. Like if you move your hand really quickly, it's not that your hand looks cool like a, with a psychedelic, so you want to do it over and over again to see the visual appeal. It's that by doing it, you almost give yourself like uh, a dopamine hit. But wow, looking at my hand do that kind of makes makes my eyes go, woo, I feel good about it. It's kind, You know what I mean? It's, it's different, whereas with, with mushrooms, it's like, look at that. Yeah, look at it. I don't want to stop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. it's interesting. You find whatever it is interesting, and that's why things are funny. That's why The Office is funny and Rick and Morty. I'll be honest. I'm going to have to do a re season six rewatch because it was just, there's a lot to take in. I did a lot of pausing. I put on the subtitles, rewound a lot. I was like, I would get through like a set of jokes and pause it and go, I'm going to take that in in a minute. And then I'd go over and I'd hit my little pen or smoke a little bit of weed yeah. and then go over. It was a fun night. So I recommend everybody sit alone in their room doing drugs at least once this year to feel good about themselves and do a drug you've never done before. It's fun. It's a good experience. <laughs> But then, you know, get up and go to work and pay your bills and be a normal person. Yeah. But, you know, new experiences are fun. And I wanted to do it before I die. It's a bucket list knocker. <laughs> I knocked an acid off my bucket list last night, and I'm proud of it. I don't give a fuck. The other thing I want to knock off my bucket list before the end of this year is probably hitting like a million subscribers on our YouTube channel or something. It's my next thing. So, yeah, yeah. let's get going on that, boys. <laughs> Tell your friends about the shot pie. What is zero on YouTube. Did you see the new Evil Dead Rise trailer? I did see the trailer for that fucking Last of Us or not Last of Us. Is yeah, it Last, La of, Last of Us Netflix thing? I'm looking yeah. I'm getting in look sound that that's getting me excited, but tell me about yours. Oh my god, Evil Dead Rise. Okay. You, so it, it's What about the Evil Dead Island? Is there an island that I that, what's that game where you're on an island and there's zombies that you're all excited about that they're putting a second one out of? Uh 
You, oh, you're Dead Island 2. Dead yeah. Island 2. Those yeah. are your two big things. I saw yeah. some more stuff for that this week, too. Yeah. You got lots going on. Oh, yeah. Dead Island 2. Talk to me. Comes out uh, end of March, beginning of April. But <sighs> Evil Dead Rise. Oh, my God. It just looks so great. So, uh, so many people are, are upset that Ash isn't in the film. But Bruce Campbell was, like, producing it. He was... He, was behind the the scenes on kind of like like I, I don't um I, I like that personally as as a creative dude I get off on it kind of like when Krasinski wasn't in the last or not the last was wasn't in a quiet place too except yeah. for like the intro scene yeah. but he directed and wrote it so it's still got his staple all over yeah. it like I I can still I like when you can still feel their aesthetic even though they might not be in it so I, yeah. I think that's fine so uh it still shows the cabin in the woods basically uh, where they got uh, the book from. And it's so funny. So a, a long, long time ago, long, long time ago, uh, I'd probably oh, say I brought the acoustic. 2013-ish, I, uh, when Sam Raimi said he wanted to uh, remake Evil Dead. which Sam Raimi's the Spider-Man guy? Yeah. The first Spider-Man, the one with McGuire? Yeah. Okay, just making so, sure. So Sam Raimi, my boys, my so, directors in check. Yeah, so uh, the first movie Sam Raimi did was the first Evil Dead, and the idea behind the first Evil Dead was to make the scariest movie ever, but he had a lower budget, so there were elements that were cheesy, whatever, but it was still fairly good. So, I, lo- I love those types of horror movies the same way I like the first Star Wars. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was cheesy elements where you could totally tell that it was a George budget, but it's what made the great, this greatest space opera of all time. So it's that's what separates the men from the boys, the ability to take those low budgets and turn them into gold. It's really what separates the geniuses. You know what I mean? I, I believe that in the horror genre, that's that's what they bank on. They bank on the people that, the first guy that went, choo, 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 ka, 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 ka. the first person that did that. Yeah. Or the first guy that, you know, the, fir- the, the first, um, you know, the alien movie I told you where they do the left, nothing, right, nothing, behind you, nothing. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. That scene, like those initial horror scenes, those inventions, you know, and an Evil Dead franchise is invented, I don't know, probably 20 or 30 yeah. at least. So... So Campbell being a part of all of that product is he? I imagine he's got money invested then. So he's got money yeah. in as a producer. Is he on the writing staff at all? Uh, that I'm not sure of. I, I don't. Either way, I don't know his, how far he gets into it, but I know he's it is a in his best interest yeah. for it to make money. Yes. So back in 2013, when Sam Raimi said he wanted to a uh, remake of the first uh, Evil Dead, when Fede Alvarez before Fede Alvarez took over, I read this and I was like, shit. Let's put my fucking creative genius to work. So I started like writing my own Evil Dead. Oh, we got to talk about our Batman talk yeah. too at some point yeah. before the end of this episode, if yeah. you don't mind. That was so, great. I love bromancing with you via text, <laughs> where we just send paragraphs to each other yeah. about the stupidest shit. We wrote the best Batman movie you're ever gonna fucking <laughs> yeah. you're, one so, of these days. Anyways, continue. So uh, I started thinking, okay, well, let's have uh, a, a team like like a marketing team and ad agent at an ad agency and uh and they're working on this this pitch and and there's a team together that works so hard together and they do so well that their boss demands they take a vacation because they've been overworking and the and the their boss is like okay you're going on vacation and the 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 leader of this project his name was Mike Ashcroft the ash part was just supposed to be a little easter egg yep and adorable uh, i love that stuff and kind of like in the Sonic Prime show, when he fucking hits the spikes, they make the same the same noise boom, that they yeah. make in the game. Like they would throw little noises from the games into the show when he would when he got hit and his rings came out. They did like that dumb shit. It's, it's not it's it's not a lot of work for them to put into the show, but as a fan, 
there's cum all over the floor. There's just it's you can't leave the room without a slip and slide because that's how much we get off on that type of dumb little shit. Yeah. Thank fucking God. So uh for that this, this this team, they get invited to their boss's house for drinks and they they go over to the boss's house and that's where the boss is like, Okay, everybody, uh you're gonna finish this project that you're on and then you're going on vacation. And and Mike, he's like, No, I, I don't I don't want to. I don't need to. And it's like, Mike, Mike, you're a workaholic. I'm demanding you take this this vacation. Your team is gonna see that you have the best time ever. And then uh, and then it's like, oh, okay. So the next night, I guess while everybody else is off doing their own thing, Mike decides to stay late. And he's staying late in his uh, office building. He's working on a drafting board and whatever. And then one of my favorite things that I was writing was just a small, subtle nuance. Uh, it's a darkly lit office. Only minor lights from computer monitors and all that. And, and he just shuts off his overhead lamp. And then he walks to the elevator. He pushes the button. The elevator's coming up. The doors come to a grinding halt. and As it's opening. As it's opening. So he's like, shit. So he knows he has to take the stairs. So he takes the stairs, whatever. And it, it I mean, overall, it's just trying to build character for this guy. And so next morning comes, he's getting ready. Uh, the girl Tina on this team is the one who said, okay, well, no, um, yes, the boss arranged for us to go on vacation, but I was kind of talking with him. I said, we would go out to my aunt's cabin and the, it's a cabin in the woods. It essentially was all arranged from the aunt who was, ah. who was the wife of the person who found the book, who played the recording of the Kandarian demon and uh, the ant is the one who becomes possessed. So they're doing this pre, they're setting this up like a real prequel, like a proper tie in type of thing. So <laughs> well, it'll, this, it'll line everything up. Well, this was my story. It's going uh, to, you would, is, you would basically write your version of Rogue One. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So up top, Mark, no, <laughs> tell me more. I love, I love, you know, Rogue One's my favorite. I love that idea of, you know, the biggest, most successful thing the franchise has done. I want you to write a movie where the end of that, <laughs> movie that you write is the beginning of the biggest thing in the franchise, like the best movie that everybody talks about. Yeah, write that, and that's that's the that's the seller. Whatever is the most successful, if you want to have second success, prequel it. <laughs> yeah. So I had, uh, as way of my own kind of research as to uh, people freshly dead and dead longer. They're they're. Different. Are you about to admit to murdering somebody on no, air? No, no, no. Okay, because no, that might be incriminating. There's just different levels and different colors of, of paleness. I haven't used. seen Tamara in an hour or so. <laughs> yeah. But like people who uh, freshly drowned might be a little more bluish in their skin tone along with uh, pale. Uh, okay. But, but I was going along. Because the, of the water the, bloating? Yeah, I was going along the, the route of like a greenish bruise. Like these people... Have like a like a greenish blue or sorry not blue greenish skin tone to them because they've been dead longer but they have like the black veins whatever so anyways uh, okay no 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 I like it I'm I'm, I'm with it I'm with it I'm so, with it you so, got to explain that shit because yeah. otherwise the fans eat you alive oh right? yeah, yeah so so anyways essentially once the uh, the man the Dave Filoni of Evil Dead over here yeah so once the <laughs> once the uncle finds the book and he's trying to translate it and he starts the translation the ant becomes possessed the ant kills the uncle. And then years pass, don't know what happened, um, but Tina, who over the year has only had phone communication with her aunt, her aunt kind of lures all these people out to the cabin. And so they end, out, they end up at the cabin, 
And there is like a, a shed behind the cabin that does have the outline of a chainsaw on the wall, but it, yeah. but it's not really there, whatever. And it's, I mean, from there it gets to be like the, the teens at yeah, the yeah, cabin yeah. and all that. And one by one, they, uh, they start becoming possessed. And I even kind of did my own mirror world. Like Mike walks by the bathroom mirror and notices his reflection wasn't looking at him, uh, or no, his reflection was looking at him. Yeah, when he instead was walking of looking by. sideways. And yeah. he's like, wait, what like, the fuck? And then he goes back, and then he kind of touches it, and he, and he starts getting pulled into the mirror and right. all that. And, uh, and from then on out, it's a head trip, because he doesn't know if he's in his world or this mirror world, because everything looks backwards. So, I mean, I, I got very far in depth, and I tried to print out so many pages of this, and this, this actually happened, and it's legit freaky. So I was trying to print off so many pages to take this over to uh, my sister and her boyfriend at the time because her boyfriend Nick was in my band and all that. I'm like, I want to show Nick my my evil dead story. So I want to show him what I have so far. So I go to print it off. The printer jams and then it starts printing off blank pages. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then all of a sudden, one page prints with the words, don't go outside on it. I was like, wait. What the fuck is good? What the you, fuck? Did you write a cursed script already? Already? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It fuck, like, I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. So I showed him like the three pages that did print. Then the rest were all blank. And then that message, don't go outside. And I was like, uh, I don't remember typing don't go outside in my story. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But regardless, that's all that's on this page. Not the full page. It's not numbered. Whatever. I'll just take it over to... to Show my sister boyfriend. It was crazy. But either way, I'm such a, a big fan of the trailer that came out. And the trailer promises uh, a gore fest. And it's uh, a family for Evil Dead Rise that is uh, essentially haunted. And it in the trailer, it shows a cabin in the woods. And it shows that they get the book out of the... Or not necessarily the book out of a bottom of a pond. But it shows people swimming in the pond. And there's a dock. And then you see like the a possessed person coming up behind somebody on the dock. They kind of remodeled what the book looks like. The book now has like very sharp fang teeth on the front of it. And I was like, okay, that looks kind of cool. But it's 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 all about a gore fest. And it shows like this little this little girl climbing up on uh, furniture that was put to block the door into this apartment. And she's looking out the, the little eye hole and she sees her uh, her mom outside. And her mom just like, her mom's just more or less saying like, hey, why don't, why don't you open up? And so she starts to, and then the next scene, uh, it just is just the mom screaming with her hand, trying to choke her daughter in the door. Nice. And uh, and the aunt comes in. Well, apparently one of the kids gets possessed too. And uh, somebody who's trying to crawl away from the kids, uh, there's like utensils and stuff all on the floor. And uh, they throw a cheese grater out of the way. And the kid catches it and puts it down to the woman's leg. Ah, and like, oh, no! shit. On the back of your cat? You mm-hmm. sick fuck! Ah, there's so much skin and stuff. Ah, <laughs> ah, yeah. Like on your, if you took a cheese grater here, like it would hit the bone and some some hard stuff in there. Yeah. Your fucking leg is soft on the back, bro. Yeah. A cheese grater in that shit. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. And, and you don't, you hear. The uh, deadite, that's always what they're called in uh, the, the Evil Dead verse, is they're called deadites. You hear the deadite, 
the possessed mother talk once in this and she's got a deeper voice and and this girl's like mommy and like the little girl's like mommy and then the possessed mother mother is like mommy's with the maggots now honey and then she fucking jumps out of the tub onto the fucking ceiling and the in, oh man it just <laughs> looks it just looks so phenomenal i'm like i can't fuck it it's, it's my jam it's evil dead That's i can't wait i can't wait you know what i can't wait for i can't wait for the Batman movie you're going to write. <laughs> so I'm nerding out. I don't know. I might have been smoking weed or something. And I was just like, Mark, you're always like stuff like, you know, pilots and yeah, yeah. just creative ideas that Mark has for, for for franchises and stuff. Stuff of his own. It's just, he's got a, a, um, an ear for stuff. And I'll be like, well, what's the story? And I'll be like, well, I would do this and I would do that kind of thing. So I flat out was, I was I told him about a story that is real. Um. So the movie The Batman, which came out in 2022 with uh, Robert Pattinson, directed by Matt Reeves, um, where the Riddler is the main bad guy, and yeah. he wins by destroying parts of Gotham and flooding it. Well, <clears throat> this is when it, I think, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm on the fence with this one. So <clears throat> a writer who was bought and sold by DC wrote a story in 1989 about the Riddler beating Batman through a series of riddles and then blowing up all the parts of Gotham and flooding it. And he's suing Warner Brothers for making this movie based on his story. And when you look at the book, because there's, there's evidence online of, of this, um, this particular comic, yeah, it's fucking shot for shot. Like they're even, well, I mean, quite often people will turn books or specific moments of books. Into and, films. and sometimes they won't and we wish they would. Yeah, <laughs> so, right. Like everybody's been waiting for Frank Miller's fucking. Well, I guess they, I guess they kind of adapted Frank Miller a little bit, but we all want to see Death in the Family get fucking put on a screen at some point. But we'll never see that. Too violent, probably. It'd be a rated yeah. R Batman movie. Are we ready for a rated R Batman movie yet? Not yet. Just Deadpool. Just Deadpool. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so um, this guy's suing, basically saying you ripped my story off and you didn't ask me for it, and, and DC's saying, "Well, you work for us when you write a story." For our character, Batman, we own it. We paid you a flat amount of money to come to work and write, and you receive that money. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. And he's saying, that's cool, but when you're going to make the biggest movie of the year, next to Sonic the Hedgehog 2, <laughs> you're going to pay me for my story because my story is the most important story of the year. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm with him. I'm fucking with him. Yes, contractually, DC's done and Warner Brothers have done all they've got to do by paying him and saying, yeah, let's lift that story. A person with a fucking soul goes, we want to take the story from that 1989 comic. Call that writer, offer him fucking 50 grand, 70 grand, like some stupid amount of money that on a $2 billion budget or whatever fucking $280 million budget they're running these movies on is, is peanuts to these motherfuckers, right? Pattinson made like $8 million. Wow. Give, the, give this well, guy the DC fuck. universe has lost them a lot of money. We know it. Okay, okay. But you know, I'm just saying the Warner Brothers has money. They would def and then Batman makes them money. So they definitely were probably, when they made the Batman, they probably gave Matt how much? What did they get? They probably gave him $280 million. Roughly, Probably. I'm sure I could hey Google it, but I'll do it another time. But either way, so the Batman uh, was given a very large budget. Yeah, it's looking. How much money did it cost to make the Batman? Hey Google, how much money did it cost to make the Batman? Two hundred million to produce. Yeah. All right, so that's that's a good. I I, I said two eighty. Yeah. I was off only by that's I think that's what Avatar costs. So I was just throwing it out there. <laughs> so you know what I mean. So it's. 
I'm kind of like, just just give the guys money. Just call them and say, hey, we want to use your story. We don't want to look worse. We have already got a rapist as the Flash. We've got uh, a fucking psychopathic bed-shitting nutcase as this broad and Aquaman. Uh, let me put it this way. The franchise is not looking good. The Rock is not happy with us. The Dwayne loves everybody. He hates Warner Brothers. Like, we're not doing good. Can we not make us look shittier than we already look? And can I just give you like uh, eight hundred grand so that you'll fuck off and we can use your story and be and make the biggest movie of the year? That's what you do. That's what, how many times has Marvel been sued for using one of their movies in a comic or one of their comic stories in a movie? How many times? How many times have you heard about Marvel being sued or even yelled at for anything other than ScarJo? Uh. I mean, Ant Ant Man was tough to get off the ground, but I mean, they changed the whole Ant Man thing. Like the main Ant Man wasn't Hank Pym; it was Scott Lang. Right. Now, now they went with Hank Pym, but they just aged him, and he was just an older agent, basically. Right. Yeah. So they changed that up a little bit, but other than that, uh, and th- there was like a whole thing with Edgar Wright and Marvel. But I get the feeling that Marvel's the type of people, though, and because they're smart, Feige and Favreau would have gone to a guy that wrote a story in 89 Marvel about Spider-Man fighting the Falcon after Iron Man recruited him and went, hey, we want to make a, sh- a movie called Homecoming. We don't want you to get mad because we kind of want to base it on a story that you did in the 80s. Here's some money. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, Marvel yeah. did that, and that's why we're not reading about how shitty they are. That's all it is. It's just morality, man. Warner Brothers is fucking up big. I'm mm-hmm. losing, like, I'm a Batman whore. I honestly, every Marvel character, all of them, Batman's cooler and better and more fun, <laughs> and his movies are, are better. Well, you, are, you would disagree? Uh, no, yeah, I disagree. Strong disagree. That's cool. We can agree to disagree. I'm just, that's my passion for Batman. Mm-hmm. My passion for the Batman is as a guy with, you know, he lost his parents when he was young, and he's vengeful. I relate to a lot of that shit. You know what I mean? He puts on a face. Bruce Wayne's not who he is. Batman's who he is. Bruce Wayne is what he puts on for all these motherfuckers so that they can, basically, he can get what he wants and be the Batman. As a bipolar person, I can get that. You know, Batman is very appealing to somebody with, that's a Gemini bipolar. Like, let's, let's, <laughs> let's really fucking think hard about how this isn't that hard to relate for me. So I do really, really, really love him, and even I'm losing it, man. Yeah, I'm really want. I'm I'm excited to see Ben in the Flash movie, but now they've wrecked me and Keaton and Ben and all that shit and all that you know what all that stuff is supposed to come together later this year. All that excitement around basically them doing Spider-Man No Way Home, but in the DC universe has been destroyed with Amber and and Ezra. They've been destroyed. Nobody cares at all. So we're. I'll watch the movie. I'll be excited, and no one will care. Yeah. It won't be the big event it's supposed to be. It won't be the comeback DC should have had yeah. because of their own fucking bullshit, because of their own poor decisions, and because of their own this type of mor- uh, immor- Im- immoral shit. I almost said immoral. Jesus, I'm an idiot. <laughs> immoral bullshit. You know what I mean? Where they're just like, yeah, I'm not going to fucking ask that guy's permission. I'm just going to make this movie. It's going to be the biggest one of the year, and he's going to be so scared to say anything. It'll take a year for anyone to hear about it. Fuck you, Warner. What about that story makes me want to go spend my hard-earned money on going to see the flashing theaters and make me not torrent it and fuck you in the end? What's making me do it? Because I'll tell you right now, I got a Disney Plus subscription. All the Marvel movies get my money. You know what I mean? February 1st, Wakanda Forever hits. Fucking, I'll be there. I've got my money and I'll be guaranteed they're going to keep it. Not to mention Bad Batch Season 2 just aired and there'll be a new episode every Wednesday, uh, Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah. I'm all over it. Mandalorian Season 3. Woo! <laughs> 
It's like a month away. I'm okay, Han. Holy <laughs> shit. Right. I had you. Thank you, by the way. For the re- you got it. You got it. So, that was very accurate, yeah. too. Yeah. Was very, very a new hope. Oh, shit, man. One take. Well, it was either Han or it was Tom Cruise when, when he first told Oprah that he was in a relationship with Katie Holmes. Katie Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on standing on the couch, though. I'm sitting down, so it's not nearly as enthusiastic. Okay, so where he was originally going with this, and we're going to talk about this, but anybody who hears it on the shot pod, and if you ever see anything uh, in the way of this being made, you know it, it. It was it was said here first. Yeah, it was it was on the. It so, all came from the shot pod, and it came from this. Me and Mark are. Not me and Mark. It's more Mark. Mark. Mark's got this creative. I'm creative. I'm, I feel like I'm creative with with songwriting, and I feel like I'm creative with with with. <laughs> no, just just audio. I feel like I'm really good with being like, even as you're describing stories you're coming up with, yeah. I'm thinking of like what kind of soundtrack I'd put to it. Like yeah. it's it's weird how naturally your artistic integrity pops in. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's real artistic integrity. Is but like you're just descri- I'm trying to be like, no, think of a scene, think of a cool thing to do, and I can't. I'm too busy thinking about how it would sound. Yeah. That's the kind of my thing. And your thing is definitely to take you know, characters that we know and to do stuff with them where I'm like, dude, that's a cool idea or stuff yeah. like that. And I do it quite often with, with Mark. So I did this thing the other day. I'm sitting around my place and I'm like, you know, Mark, if you, if you, you've Warner brothers is in some shit. Let's boom. Multiverse. <laughs> multiverse opens, right? It's, it's Dr. Strange and fucking Mark goes through the wormhole and he's in another universe. And uh, where people know the shot pod has made millions of dollars and we are successful. We make Howard Stern look like a slut. We are serious. It's like shot pod presents serious XM channel 100. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's us. Like we're just real shit. And Mark has co-written a few movies. He's maybe written and co-written some books or some shit. Either way, he's known as somebody who writes, you know, and you know, they know he's creative and we know he's funny because he's on the show. So I said to Mark, I said, you know, in this situation, your Warner Brothers comes to you and says, listen, we got this fucking rapist as the Flash. We got this fucking <laughs> bitch as as, a, as an Aquaman that's ruining it. Like, we're fucked. Can you save us? We need a Batman movie that has no, never been done before. We need a good Batman movie. You know, what would you do? What, what would you write? You know, they did that with Reeves and he gave us the Batman. He gave us a Robert Pattinson movie that's based on the 1989 story he ripped off from the comic. Yeah. Which is fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, I would love to see, like we said, a death in the family. Um, we saw a little bit of the Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns or whatever, you know, in Dark Knight Rises and the, the, in the Nolan's trilogy. You know, we, we've gotten to see uh, hints from um, the comics as well in Returns. Not so much the original 89 Batman, but definitely in Returns. Yeah. So there's lots of tributes to it. And I asked Jason, what, who would be your bad guy? And like, what would the story be? Just and, and it was fucking, I expected him to go, let me think about it or whatever. But he just bombarded me with yeah. text paragraphs. And then I started bombarding him with text paragraphs. And it just got, the bromance was real. But either way, I wanted to uh, relive this interview. So what Batman bad guy would you choose to make your movie? So I went off Clayface because I'm just a, a huge Clayface fan. And he's an animated series Now I was going to ask you. So the, the animated series is well known for creating Harley Quinn. Yeah. Uh, who was uh, after being recast or cast and, and and kind of re reimagined became the Harley Quinn that we see in Birds of Prey and all that. I like both. I think it's a cool character. I like yeah. that you do get hints to the animated series in some cutscenes. I believe you're breaking ground because yeah, Harley Harley being in the Suicide Squad was a pretty big deal yeah. because she was an animated 
series exclusive. So Clayface being the bad guy would probably be a similar big deal. But, so right off the bat, you've got like noteworthy stuff. Yes. The people are like, oh, a bad guy who's number one, never been portrayed in live action, and number two, exclusive to the animated series and yep. didn't show up in the comics, is in the new Batman story. And it's being written by Shot Pod co-host Mark Smith. Yes, the infamous Mark Smith, the multi-billionaire who recently <laughs> bought Twitter from Elon Musk <laughs> yeah. and who has recently sold Sirius XM for $2 trillion. You know yeah. what I mean? So, I mean, yeah, you, you have to try to think of how can you do that practically because Clayface uses his makeup to to take on any persona to to shape anything. Well, you can't just do that with basic clay, um, especially in a makeup foundation kind of way. So I, I was like, okay, well, you're going to have to introduce nanotech. So we're going to stray a little bit Which is, from... I mean, a lot of franchises and movies are into it, and it's kind of a real thing now. Yeah, but the clever route that I went with the nanotech is, well, you need a, you need a fucking mad scientist working on the nanotech. So you haven't... So you would have nanotech being made by a scientist who understands that you have to keep the nanotech cold while they're dormant. So you have the nanotech essentially in a freezer and the scientist working on this nanotech. And of course the freezer, he would work for Luther Industries, right? He'd be working for Luther Pharmaceutical Industries. Well, I was thinking more Wayne Tech. It would be... be you think it would be Wayne Tech? I think it'd be Wayne Tech. Be okay. Because Bruce always had some sort of uh, yes, knowledge yep, about yep, yep. Victor Freeze. Yeah. And, he, and he always tried to, Hugo too. Hugo yeah. Strange. He always so, knew yeah. Yeah, so he was always trying to empathize with Victor Freeze when it came to the situation with his wife. Right. So you would have to have it in Wayne. Back to and Kyle in the morning. Yes. So but anyway, so Fr Victor Freeze would be a young man with a probably a, a just getting sick beautiful wife. Yeah. Yeah, at this point. Yeah. Helping. So this, is, so this is why he's actually working on nanotech rather than looking for a cure for his wife. Because of Clayface. Because he just found out his wife is sick and she's in the hospital. Right. Okay. So um, Clayface uses, does he sabotage the technology, steal it, or is freeze in on it with him, you think? Well, first off, uh, he is a celebrity that only made it anywhere because of the mob. Who? And who is Clayface. Oh, yes, right, right, so, right, right, right. So he's, an, so he's an actor who's looking for yes. that big break, and right. he makes a deal with the mob. So we can say that he made a deal with the Falcone family. Okay, ooh, yeah. So he made a deal with the Falcone family who saw to this big box office, box office success. And then the Maronis so, shoots the place up. No, well, no, no, no. So uh, it, it happens. The movie that he's in comes out. Everybody loves it, and it, it made numbers because the mob got people. Right. They out. bought tickets at theaters, set yeah. things up, did some illegal shit. Yeah. So he owes well, suddenly now he owes the mob, and he doesn't have the money. So the mob's like, okay, well, you just became famous. We can't just make you disappear. But what's going to happen is you're going to be in a special kind of accident that's going to disfigure your face. Yeah. You're no longer the handsome teen heartthrob that you hoped to be. And so with this disfigured face, he now, uh, he stumbles across the R&D department of Wayne Tech, and he sees that they're working on this moldable He befriends clay. Freeze, maybe? Yeah, maybe. Or maybe just fucking takes his shit. Yeah. Figure it, we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out in the yeah. writer's room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So he f sees this moldable clay that 
responds to nanotechnology that will take the form of anything and could get rid of his hideous mm. disfigurement. The scars on but his face. But what he doesn't know is that the nanotechnology also takes parts of your personality and accentuates them. So, <gasps> anyway. So he ends up uh, trying to break into the R&D department and he's trying to get his hands on this. Well, it's for Wayne Tech. There's a certain alarm that went off alerting a certain hero. So when it alerts a certain hero, comes by, and this is a classic Batman thing. He falls into a vat. But this vat is, a, is like mixing up this clay. It's just yeah. got a mixer in it, and he, uh, he's kind of blended into the clay. So when the nanotech is mixed with the clay, and it becomes this, it becomes sentient, basically, yeah. allowing uh, allowing the forming to take place. Well, this actor's already in there. So now you have a new nanotech clay being. So we've got the science behind how we make a clay face in live action. Yeah. Now, I got a quick question for you, because now you've said what you would do is you would have clay face imitate other Gotham villains so that maybe during the movie you don't know it's him. Yeah. Would there be a big reveal you think, or would, or would this or this Clayface origin story with him and Freeze and all this be happening alongside? There, there would be, there would be hints. Or could it, it be like a flashback? Would it be like once he figures out it's him, he goes, "Do you remember Batman?" And it just goes, no, cuts I, back I, to I the. Think, I think, nah, no, I think it would be too hints. much cheese. I, I think if you saw like, say, the Joker or Penguin at a bank job because now uh, the actor needs money. Since, right, right, yeah. Okay, that is like. Why is well, he doing this? You know, he's he's <laughs> dressed up as uh, Penguin, let's say, yeah. after Penguin. Penguin was, love Robin Banks. Yeah, so let's say Penguin gets arrested and some at some point in the movie, but then Batman sees Penguin at this bank pulling a job, and he throws a batarang at Penguin, and it gets stuck in his shoulder and then dissolves gets into sucked it. sucked into him. And he just keeps running, and Batman's what like, the what the fuck? Alfred, <laughs> Alfred, did you see that? What the fuck? I quit. This is ridiculous. It started with guys that laugh, and now my batarangs are disappearing. Am I on drugs? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm down, dude. I'm fucking... Uh, so, the first villain that he sees is the penguin. I definitely think that that would be the coolest thing. Yeah. He sees the penguin. Wait a minute. The penguin's in Arkham. This can't be... <gasps> Yeah. Okay. All right. And, and then, then and then it like absorbs into him, and he's like, "I what, what the dude, fuck? What the? F dude, so what he needs money. Here? So yeah. does that? So he ends up because the Batman's so thrown off by that, he ends up getting the money, and he gets out of there. So now he, he's got. So, so Clayface gets the money, and his original thought is to pay off the mob, and then he's like, "Wait a second, no, the mob did this to me. Yeah. I, and so he with, just starts killing mobsters. Yeah. But as who? As anybody oh, is, he wants. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So he'd have to, He what he could do is maybe he sets the Maroni Falcone families against each other. He starts imitating Maronis and going into Falcone territory and slaughtering guys. It starts like a whole war. And that's yeah. why Batman gets You could involved. even have him disguise himself as Commissioner Gordon. Ah! And Batman doesn't ah! know that he's ah! talking. But he, but he, ah! Stop, shut the mics up. <laughs> shut, if I swear to God, if I see this fucking dude, that's the scene. That's the scene. Gordon. <laughs> Why are you over there? I don't know. Something off about this case. What's off about this case? Come over here, Gordon. Gordon, what's going on? <laughs> Dude, I am fucking about this, man. Oh. And then, yeah. And then, of course, uh, the beautiful part about this is that you've already set up a Victor Freeze origin story yeah. in the in the uh, seeds of this 
of the story. It's genius. I want let's let's get in a room and and work out the bugs. Yeah, we'll we'll take this specific make, audio make clip Nolan and, and David somehow I- get it out to James Gunn and be like, yo. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll make Nolan and David Iyer look like bitches. Yeah. You know, what I mean? like, yo, yeah. you think the dark night was good? Wait till you read, yeah. read Clever's Returns. <laughs> Whatever the fuck yeah. we're going to call it. Everything's what, whoever returns. Revenge of the Clayface. I don't know. <laughs> Just taking Star Wars. <laughs> Clayface Awakens. <laughs> the last Clayface. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Rise of Clayface. And they all work. Oh yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Phantom Clayface, <laughs> Attack of the Clayface, <laughs> a new Clayface, <laughs> Clayface strikes back. They all work. <laughs> the Clayface Knight. <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, the guy that takes Star Wars titles and puts them on the appropriate movie? Yeah. Oh, it's so good because it makes so much. I'm like, yeah, that's way more practical. Attack of the clones. It doesn't make sense. They do. They attack the bad guys. That's not an attack. It should be help. The help from the clones. It's uh, anyways. <laughs> okay. But yeah, that, that, your Batman script is genius, and I definitely want to flush that out. That's really good stuff, man. Um, I'm jealous of that. But I'll tell you right now, if you don't fucking hire me to be the soundtrack guy for this movie, once you've got your your <laughs> script written, if you're not like so, we've got Alex and his band Sonic Theorem doing our. Uh, doing our music for the for the movie exclusive they're writing two original songs and uh, he'll also yeah. be conducting the uh, London Philharmonic Orchestra <laughs> oh, oh okay, just see it. okay let's see all? we've got Alex Cobbett or Danny Elfman uh, I don't know if I don't know we might have to go the way of Cobbett but Al- <laughs> Elfman I don't think Elfman would do another Batman movie Elfman likes to do new things you know what I mean so that's why the Wednesday I was impressed with Wednesday because he took it and he did a new thing with it I don't think Elfman no, would work he's, backwards he's Tim Burton's homeboy so <laughs> well he's definitely Tim Burton's homeboy but Tim Burton wouldn't be making this movie Who, oh there's another question so Mark Smith has, has written this movie are you directing it or would you get a motherfucker to direct it who would be a good director for a Clayface movie honest to god that's I'll a tell good you. Question. I'll tell you. You want to know? Tamara says her. Tamara would be good. <laughs> She'd be good at, at bit. She wouldn't be a bad director. I don't know if the product. You need a hell of an editor when you were done. That's all I'm saying. It's uh, you'd be a great director, but the editing would be a nightmare. <laughs> um, I'll tell you. Good old Snyder. Snyder would wreck this. If you think about the aesthetic from Man of Steel, yeah. take the aesthetic from Man of Steel and the vibe when they were having the fight in the city, the final fight in the city when he was wrecking all the buildings, take that and give that 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 vibe. Give it that aesthetic, that kind of vibe. I think Snyder would kill it, but he'd never do it because he's already over the Batman thing. So who who's new? Who's never touched Batman that would probably be like all over it? Um Well that's that's kind of tough. Ron Howard would kill it. Get Ron Howard on there. That's like the only thing he's never done. Get Ron Howard on yeah. there. Honestly, I'm fucking all about Ron Howard making a Batman movie now before the world ends. Honestly. Yeah. They gave one to fucking Matt Reeves, for Christ's sake. And all he did was Rise of the Planet of the Apes, really. Ron Howard would be good. And, and Ron would make a but, killer Batman movie. I'm fucking sold that Ron Howard should direct your Batman the, movie. The, his, the, his, his everything about, and he'd also get his girl, Bryce Dallas, in but, them, into it. She can make a cameo as like a young Poison Ivy or something. Anyways, but what I want to say about Ron Howard, and it it doesn't matter uh, with the movie title that I'm about to say, it doesn't matter how you think of it. He created he created this universe, and that would be the Grinch. He created. Dude, you can't shit on the Grinch. He created anybody who would shit on that. He put a live action Whoville in place, and like the set, everything. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's a nice. 
Tim Burton set design lover. Like he likes it like that, but he's not as dark and stylized as yeah. Tim. So right away you've got the darkness of Tim, but you don't have the style. So good Batman idea. Um, and the fact that he did Rise of the Planet of the Apes shows that the, the Clayface CGI would be like he took Andy Serkis and turned him into Caesar. And it was, I, I honestly would argue that no movie has made an animal. He's a character. He wasn't a person. He was a, he was an animal and he was a character and you fell in love with Caesar by the end of that movie. Yeah. You really did. That's why it was hard to watch the second and third movie that Reeves did because now Caesar's the bad guy. Like, but you fell in love with him as a little baby ape in the first one with Franco. Like, I love it. I love his aesthetic. Yeah. He's great at casting. He's a great director. I think Ron would, would fucking kill, would kill, or Reeves, Reeves killed Rise of the Planet of the Apes and did a good Batman movie, so I think Howard definitely would be perfect. Yeah. And he's got the practical effects and the Lucasfilm connections to do all the CGI shit because of his history with, uh, which one did he do? Return of the Jedi? I think he, he did it. No, that was that Kirshner. One of the Kirshner and Howard did Return of the Jedi and Empire, respectively. But I don't remember which ones, who did what. But it wasn't Luke. Lucas didn't direct the second and third Star Wars films. He. Do you know why? No. This is an interesting Star Wars fact that you don't know. I mean, this is actually fucking good. This is a good one. So he was super successful with A New Hope, but in order to keep it so that the second and third movie didn't have an open, had an opening scrawl. And no credits. So you know how most movies in the beginning have yeah, the actors. Yeah. In order to keep that out of the franchise, because it was successful now, 20th Century Fox was like, whoa! That piece of shit Star Wars thing we gave you like $2 million to make made what? Okay, okay. We want a fucking intro. We want Harrison Ford to be naked. We want Carrie Fisher <laughs> to be in Scantily. And he's like, whoa, this is my franchise. You can't do that. Do that in the third movie. They're like, okay, all right, we'll do it in the third movie. He's like, but what I want the opening scrawl so that we can continue the story and I would I don't want anybody's name to show up on screen until the, the credits and they went no and he went yes and they went no and he went yes and they went no and it was almost the end of Star Wars honestly Empire almost never happened because he didn't have enough fucking money yet to get away from 20th Yeah, but he did have enough success from the because he made that exclusive deal to make all the money on the merch to say fuck you I'll make another movie that's not Star Wars and start my own goddamn company which, yeah. of course, would have killed Star Wars, right? We wouldn't have what we have today. Yeah. So it almost didn't happen. And then they finally caved and said, fine, you can do all that shit, but you can't direct it. Just to be fucking cunts. Really? And George went, fine. So we got his best friend, Ron Howard, and Kirshner to come and direct Empire and Jedi. And he was the writer, the associate director, second unit director, and overall project seer yeah. instead of the main director. But then, of course, those But they were still probably like, yo, Lucas, what do you think? <laughs> hey, look, should we do that scene again? Uh, Luke, they, I think we should, do, we should do that. I think we should do that scene again. Okay, Ron, settle down. <laughs> you know, it's very, very kind of cool. But there was, uh, there was moments where I think Ron, I believe Ron was in charge of the I love you, I know scene, <laughs> which is a very classic scene. Yeah. And it, you think in the context of the, the, the year 1980, it had never been done before for a man to really look at a woman and be that cocky. Yeah. You know, it was it was a cool line. And gee, I don't know if you know, but that was uh, not in the script. Yeah, yeah. Zero yeah. script. That was Harrison just being like, <laughs> I'm fucking no, done Harrison with this. Harrison being Harrison. He wanted, he was done with the day. He's like, I don't want to make this fucking movie anymore. He was already done with Star Wars and they were making the second one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like he, he from the very beginning, he hated it. It's so funny to see the look in his eyes when you mention Star Wars to Harris. He's just like. It's funny because most of his projects, he was like that. Like even, even Indiana Jones, like he started Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And he was like, yeah, okay. And then after it, he's like, yeah, I don't want to do this. And then he's still fucking same thing. You got recast. Re like most of the shit that he's done, he's it's like. It's sad. Fuck. All of his. <laughs> that must be like. 
That's the story of his career. Harrison, do you want to be in this? Not really, but okay. I just realized who they would cast as Old Snake if they ever made the fucking movie where he's dead. It's literally Harrison Ford just going, you know what? I fucking hate Metal Gear. I hate this franchise. Get off of my plane. Not as much as I hate Star Wars, though. You know, I just picture him now as old and I'm going to kill them all. Yeah. These movies are terrible. <laughs> Thank God I made all that money. I mean, you had to imagine how he felt coming back for Star Wars and then the Millennium Falcon door closing on his ankle and breaking his ankle. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, you got me on one. I never knew that yeah. the Millennium Falcon broke his ankle. <laughs> yeah. uh, what scene? Or was it the original movie, A New Hope? No, no. It was uh, during that sequel trilogy when he came back. So I, I Sequel trilogy? Oh, you're talking about when they made those new shitty ones. Yeah. He broke his ankle on the Falcon? Yeah. He's Yo, George old. Lucas <laughs> made three Falcons out of tin cans and fucking string, and none of them hurt Harrison. <laughs> Disney gets a trillion dollars, builds a Millennium Falcon out of gold and the bones of Ethiopian <laughs> children that were mining cobalt for car batteries, and fucking Harrison, boom, snaps Harrison's ankle in half. <laughs> yeah. That just goes to show progress really isn't, it's not what you think it is sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's good to be old school, man. This fucking episode has been... A lot of fun. We've covered a lot of ground. We got anything else before we kick out? I mean, I, I think we just have to mention it. We just have to. I mean, Jordan Peterson, uh, he's being forced to undergo social media communication retraining because he's been known for criticizing Trudeau and supporting Pierre Polyev. Uh. It's so just, Canada is still full of communists. All right, nothing new. Oh, other than that, that's it. That's All a wrap. Right. The communists continue breeding, and we continue to do nothing. Thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This has been another episode of The Shop Pod. With a zero! Be sure to go to Spotify, Google, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Amazon Music, Rumble. Go on Facebook, too. Why the fuck not? We do have a Facebook page. Yep. Also, ShopPod with a zero. And Instagram. We got all our clips up there. Oh, and spread it. If if you want to see us get bigger, spread it to your friends. Please spread it. Spread it like a vaccine. Okay. <laughs>